Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and happy Friday Eve from the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Good to have you with us. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. CD putting on his official St. Louis Chess Club cap as we oh, get started. There you hey, go. I love chess. I, I, I actually was going to go get a membership at the St. Louis Chess Club. Oh, at one I think we can. Uh, we know people. Yeah. I, I, we should. We should uh, make that happen. I want to play one of those really, you know, one of those guys there. Oh, Game they, of hey, they literally Kings have see world how, champs come in. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I, nah. I know I... <laughs> I just want to see how quick it happens. I, 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 oh, I love have you the, seen just like how fast yeah, that they maneuver yeah, it? Yeah. Chess masters. Carrie, they're going to get yeah. you in uh, five to seven moves. Oh no way! Yes. Oh no yes. way! Oh yes, indeed. No way! Oh yes, indeed. No way! Yep. Yeah. Not five to Pretty seven. Good. I think I might be over. Yeah. I think I might be overrating. Right. You actually. might be underrating me. Actually, <laughs> how about that? It's seven how about one. that? Yeah. How about that? Your, your time check at seven one brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. If you didn't know, you can watch us on the YouTube this morning. All you need to do is go to one hundred one es or go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, and then go to one hundred one ESPN STL. And our YouTube channel is brought to you by Air Alliance Team. So. Uh, come on out and check us out and uh, see our face. We, we you can, show us your face. Show us your face. Yeah. So we're looking can forward we to that. And uh, follow us all on on the socials. You can follow uh, Brooke on the Twitter machine at Brooke Grimsley. Is that Brooke Grimsley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because That's then you name. have Brooke underscore Grimsley <laughs> for the Insta. Oh yes, that is that is very right. specific. But if you put it into the Instagram search bar and just put Brooke Grimsley, I don't think we'll that there's it. anybody else. Okay out there with that name maybe and uh, last night you retweeted part of our mafia conversation on the twitter machine (laughs) which was very funny i did it was very informative i did go on a little bit of a rabbit hole or down a rabbit hole of it i i find those stories so intriguing and then i asked david my Mm -hmm. fiance who who's from here i was like were the car car bombings like a big issue here it's like oh yeah i was like how did i not know this we're we're good at that i feel like when you move here to st louis like that should be one of the first things like where'd you go to high school and hey do you know about the car bombing (laughs) issue that we had i don't know if you should be good at that hell we're the number one murder (laughs) city in the country those numbers are we're gonna say inflated because yeah you know yeah okay that's fair because if you combine the city and the county it's not as bad as people like it to like like to make it to pretend to be but that doesn't work for national media number one or not i know you want to be a champion i'd rather i'd rather i don't think you can be a champion in that i don't know hey everything we want is on the other side of hard yeah 
Williams. Yes, indeed. I maintain that like the craziest ten years in like American history that doesn't get talked about is the eighties. Because you go back and you look right. at like planes were getting hijacked, car- cars were blowing up, and people were just like, "Hey, we just got to keep going about living our day." I told I told <laughs> one of my one of my it. players that the eighties was a different time, man. You you don't understand. Like you, I literally drove in a car without seatbelts. Like we just. <laughs> and, and my dad had a car. This is no lie. He had a car that didn't have seatbelts, and the brakes went out. So. <laughs> we, oh, man. we were trying to just That was make a gamble it every day. <laughs> every day, man. The 80s was a wild time. It was a, it was a simpler time. No doubt about it. Here's what we got coming up on the show today. Greg Amzinger from MLB Network at the bottom of the hour. You've got Hall of Famer Bernie Federko with our Thursday visit with him coming up at 8.15, 8.45. The voice of your Missouri, well, not all of your Missouri Tigers, uh-huh. Mike Kelly, will join us. It's uh, Somebody's wearing an I-L-L-I and I. Oh, there you go. Hoodie. Uh, and then we're also going to talk to uh, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic, coming up at 9.15. The baseball playoffs have started, and each of the wild card series has ended. Welcome to our world, Blue Jays, Rays, Marlins, Welcome to our world. It was. So, Almost like uh, he didn't even play. Hey, congratulations to Sonny Gray. Sonny came home. He's uh, he's making himself a few dollars, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, by pitching well down the stretch, relatively speaking. And then uh, five shutout innings. He's a horse. Uh, five <laughs> shutout innings. Yeah, what? Why are you hey, guys laughing? Look, they, they should have probably <sighs> left him in the game. I don't know why maybe they didn't, but... Randy, Sonny didn't look bad. Looked he looked good. good. He looked good. Now, Does that change your mind a little bit? Well, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to take a look at the 10-year the body of work rather than... He did... He, he, they got a victory. He threw five innings. He got the win next to his name. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't count yes. in your book. No, no, it's good. I, I would just prefer to have... Uh, I, I would prefer to have what we had last night. Now, the Twins do win by a score of 2-0 over the Jays. But then last night, Aaron Nola goes seven scoreless. Now, now that's a horse. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. the the uh, or the the Phillies beat the Marlins by a score of seven to one. And uh, number one, Sonny Gray beat a better lineup in the Blue Jays than Aaron Nola did in the Marlins. But those two free agents, interestingly, pitching on the same day in the postseason. If you were going to take a playoff performance, would you rather have Gray or Nola? I'm going to have to take Mm. Nola. I mean, the seven scoreless, if we're just looking at Mm -hmm. specifically those games, the seven scoreless, now they could have let Sonny go deeper into the game, and that Mm -hmm. was more of a managerial decision. But Aaron Nola looked really, really good. I mean, I I don't know how many extra million he added to what he's probably going to get in this postseason or this offseason, but he looked really good. When I'm I'm looking at the Phillies, I I just wonder, you know, how, how good does Rob Thompson feel knowing that, I got Zach Wheeler going in game one. I yeah. got Aaron Nola going in game two. I, my bullpen isn't going to be stressed out going into the next series. Like We're, we're, we're okay. Well, we're, 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 you say we're okay, but then it's Atlanta. Uh, well, that, that is an issue. But they're a division rival, so you know yeah. you never know. Yeah, the, the key for Philadelphia last night, in addition to Aaron Nola, was Bryson Stott, who has a tendency to step up big and did again last night. And now bring up Bryson Stott. They get the bases loaded. One out. Infielders in at the corners. And Stott drives one to right. That's deep. That is gone. A grand slam for Stott. 
Bryson Stott with another big hit in the postseason for Philadelphia. They roll over the Marlins by a score of 7-1. to one. Meanwhile, the Rangers trampled the Rays 7-1. to one. Greg Amsinger is going to be unhappy today because he picked the Rays to win the World Series at the yeah. beginning of the season, Aww. and uh, they were eliminated in two by the Texas Rangers of Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. So congratulations to them. And oh, by the way, uh, you've got... Old school baseball in Rob Thompson. You've got old school baseball in Bruce Bochy, and uh, those teams advance. And then you've got the cutting edge. Let's use our bullpen for eight innings. Brewers who fall to the Diamondbacks <laughs> by a score of five to two. And the Brewers still haven't been to the World Series since 1982 when they were in the American League. Craig Council says, like some other managers and uh, front offices, hey, it's kind of a dice roll once you get to the playoffs. The playoffs are a you know, a, a tough animal to conquer. They are. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we, we have not. I mean, we, we, we made a good run in 18. And, um, you know, and then it's been series that we haven't been able to get over the hump in. And so now he's just going to move on to the Mets. By the way, <laughs> he is uh, former Cardinal Zach Gallon. Six innings, two runs. He struck out four, walked three. Uh, the former Cardinal farmhand who was part of the Marcel Ozuna deal was fantastic for Di- the Diamondbacks, who are going to play the Dodgers in the next round. Yeah, Cardinals got a couple of wins, victories here. The, the starting <laughs> yeah. pitchers, we got a couple of pitchers, got, yeah. got a couple of starting <laughs> victories. We're, we're, we're rolling along here in these playoffs. Uh, no, no, it's, it's not. It's not us. It's not, it's, but it's, 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 they're our, it's our they're guys. Our guys yeah. So they yeah. technically... It is us? Well, yeah, if you want to <laughs> count it for that, yeah, so, technically. Well, then let's just... We're looking at the sunshine and lollipops yeah. of it. There's yeah. nothing wrong with sunshine lollipops. So You have to. Then let's look at it this way. The winning RBI yesterday for the Texas Rangers came from one Adolis Garcia. Oh, mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How, how, well, how, how, how well we're playing? Yeah, yeah we're, we're playing great. We're, we're doing the NL Central is very interesting because Bob Nightingale tweeted this out last night, and you you realize it once you see that number here that he has. The last time the NL Central and NL Central team won a postseason series was in 2019. The division is the two, by the way. yes, two and twenty in postseason play. Ooh. What does that say about the NL Central? That the other divisions are better in the postseason. That maybe the other divisions are doing a little bit more when it comes to roster construction and building mm-hmm. their roster to maybe last a little bit longer in the, in post-season. the postseason. Absolutely. The coastal elites are taking over baseball. Yeah, they are. There's no doubt about it. Last is that night what it is? in uh, Van Blank in Coover, St. Louis City SC falls 3 0 on the pitch in uh, Vancouver. Uh, St. Louis City had great, great kits uh, on the pitch, but uh, they are clean sheeted by Van Blankenkoever. So now it really is Van Blankenkoever. 3-0 over City SC. Orlando City moved above STL for the second overall spot in the league with 57 points after their win last night. Who who calls Orlando City Orlando City? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> it's just Orlando. Although, they're what, an FC, do we call us? They're an FC, too. Yeah. Orlando, it's Orlando City, City FC. FC. Yeah. I guess nobody really calls St. Louis St. Louis City either. No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, there is the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is true. Thank you very much.
St. Louis County, St. Louis City. Uh, we've got Blues hockey tonight for you. The Blues are at Dallas, 6 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN. And then maybe the game of the year, Thursday Night Football. If you don't have Amazon Prime, get it now. Get it, get it, get it today. Bears and Commanders. Bears and Commanders on Prime, Amazon Prime. Whoa. How'd you like to pay a billion dollars or whatever they paid for that? Those rights fees. How'd you like to be Jeff Bezos sitting back in your recliner today, turning on your channel and saying... Holy cow, I'm paying for this? I said last year, I, I don't think he maybe didn't watch much football because he got a lot of terrible games last year. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe the NFL is like, yeah, we, we, we'll we pay you. You, could, you. you can do this, but we're going to give you the worst of the worst, pal. <laughs> He'll try to start thinking of ways to make it more interesting. Like, can we play this in space, possibly, <laughs> for, for better ratings? They're going to London. We'll go out of space. How about that? <laughs> we are try and top that. Off and running on this edition of uh, the opening drive. By the way, attention, Scott, Air Force Base. For service members, your families, and anyone currently on base, join the fast lane today for a special military appreciation. A live broadcast from 2 to 6. The fast lane will be there. I believe the Ridge Show is going to head on out there for a podcast as well. It's at the Exchange at Scott Air Force Base, brought to you by Budweiser and by Air Comfort Service Heating and Cooling. It's today. It's our special military appreciation day, the Fast Lane Live at Scott Air Force Base. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. What are you sick of? We'll tell you what we are next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, if you're sick of it, just send us a text, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. That is the Air Comfort Service text line. Guys, I am sick of people who are sick of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. You know, you haven't missed one play. You have not missed one single play because somebody called, showed Taylor Swift on your television screen. You, They have not interrupted the, the pace of the play. They aren't calling timeouts so that they can show Taylor Swift. It's a pop culture thing. Now the NFL is even having to send out releases saying, hey, we lean, in, lean into pop culture and entertainment and sports. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. They're in the entertainment business. Why would any Anybody complain when it doesn't interfere with your football game? Unless you really like watching the huddle. I I, I don't like watching the huddle. I I don't. I I watch the game to. I'm one of the people that actually listens to the announcers. I know there are people that watch Mm -hmm. games on mute and don't want to hear what they have to say. I, I find it interesting and intriguing what they have to say. I don't particularly care to see what people in the crowd are doing. Like, if I'm at the game, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, they got the kiss cam. They got the guys running on the field. Mm-hmm. The, the Mizzou game chasing down the, the, the cart and falling. Which is that, awesome. All of that is wonderful <laughs> entertainment in between, you know, snaps, between quarters or in between, you know, possessions. It's fine. And that's where we see Taylor Swift. Yeah, but I don't need to see her every, well, she's here and this, that, that. Yeah. I, I want to watch football. No, I don't want to be you are watching I, again, football. Again, again, you haven't missed a play, Carrie. That's want my point. The Swifties to come after me, <laughs> but I may want to hear about watch out. what is going on with the actual players in that moment. 
Even What's if happening? it's just like a quick cutaway, it's not terrible. She's there. She's a global superstar. It, you have to talk about it. It would be like the minutes. giant elephant in the room. Yeah, I, like I giant it. elephant in the room. It, but we've had presidents show up to games, and they haven't showed them that much. They aren't as famous. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> as was asked of Babe Ruth one time when he was making more money than the president of the United States was. He said, well, the president didn't have as good a year. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so so when, we, when we find out... That they are no longer dating, and is is the world going to just implode? Is how, how how does this work when we figure out that they are? Oh, we're just when they both release mm-hmm. statements saying, you know, Travis and I and Tr- Taylor and I are are better off as friends. We we we, we find ourselves in a in a better space as friends. Mm-hmm. How, how does that work? People and by the way, the NFL set an all-time record for girls twelve to seventeen watching a football game on Sunday night. Interesting. Those Swifties. They might be a little bit devastated, and th- that'll bother them. I will be summarily unaffected. It doesn't matter. It, it's, it's part of it. It's part of the matter, drama. Why do we need to keep seeing? Why do we keep talking about it? Because she's well, a superstar. Because there are there is a group. There is a portion of the population that is thrilled. And by the way, the NFL cultivating a young demographic. You get those twelve to seventeen year old girls. They become. 18 to 65-year-old women who are NFL fans that are spending money on the NFL. I don't think they're going to keep watching when she they goes do. Away. They do. You never know. The, the, I, and that's the, the thing. The female fandom of the NFL is unbelievable and extraordinarily profitable. And that and that's the thing is that I my one issue with some of it is where people are kind of making it seem like, no, the NFL is our thing. You can't come in here new people, like new girls. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it would be like trying to gatekeep like the most popular <sighs> artists out there or like a Taylor Swift. Be or like, no, soccer? You, no new Swifty. Or anything like that. Like, no, but that's the thing is that you should be accepting of new fans wanting to come in uh, and not I'm trying a, to push them it. out. Make that yeah. umbrella as big as you can. Right? Exactly. And it, it, uh, Matthew put it, put his hand up when I said soccer because it's funny because <laughs> we, 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 uh, you never talk about soccer. And then when we talk about soccer, you don't know what you're talking about. Stop talking about Randy, soccer. Randy, did you go see Taylor Swift when she was playing a country fair? Did you go see professional soccer when it was at Soccer Park? No, then you're not allowed to be a fan uh, now. I did go see it at Soccer Park. I did too. Did you watch the NFL when they were playing in leather helmets? Then how can you watch it now? Fairweather fans, bandwagoners. Oh, God. Uh. (laughs) Text in front of 314 says, if it was Beyonce, CD would have a different tune. Oh, man. But you got to meet Beyonce. I did get to meet Beyonce. So CD got to meet Destiny's Child. We got to go skating with him when I was in college. I'm jealous of that. Good times. So, you know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of Joe Burrow's calf. I'm over it. (laughs) Just the calf. Not him. Not the rest of him. Just just the one calf Mm -hmm. that is causing the Cincinnati Bengals to perform that poorly. I love offense. I love explosive offenses. I love that they have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase and and, and Mixon. I, I love that they have all of these weapons. And I hate that they can't get anybody involved. Here's the thing, C.D., and I, I'm with you on this, but Joe Burrow is running a feared. He's playing because he knows that if he doesn't, he's going to get Wally pipped by one A.J. McCarron. Uh, oh, that that's his, he just got paid 200 plus million. I, I think he's, I think he's nope. safe. Uh, Trent, Trent Green got the big contract, didn't he? He didn't get that much. Well, not that much, but relatively speaking, back in the day he did.
and he, he yeah. wound up yeah. as a chief. A quarter billion dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> it is hey, a lot of money. AJ McCarron's just waiting in the wings for yeah, that opportunity. He's like, oh, oh, you ready? Uh -huh. Ready? Didn't doing. they say that Joe, Joe Burrow said that he's fine to go, he feels better now? Yeah, yeah. he, he doesn't but look like it, though. He's also talking to Aaron Rodgers all the time about torn Achilles, so oh. you got to go with that, too. Man. Uh, well... Man. You know what I am sick of, guys? And it's something that we, we'd like to talk about a lot here on the opening drive. And that is when analytics start to take over the game that we all love, oh. which is baseball. And you saw that last night with the Blue Jays manager, John Schneider. Uh, what in the world happened there? After just three innings, 47 pitches, guys, he goes and pulls out Jose Barrios. And I think everybody in the world was thinking, what in the world is going on right now? That's a crazy decision. And even Michael's, Michael K., he said something along the lines of, bold strategy, Cotton, let's see how that one plays out. <laughs> and guys, if you saw what happened in the end there, we know what happened, who won. Uh, it didn't play out well in that situation. So that is what I'm sick of. I'm sick of when you have Barrios just pitching three innings, 47 pitches, why in the world would you take him out in that situation? And what was the thought process behind that? And Schneider revealed that after the game. Yeah, we had a few different plans in place. Um, Hosey was aware of it. Uh, he had electric stuff, you know. Um, tough to take him out. You know, I think with the way that they're constructed, you want to utilize your whole roster. Uh, and it didn't work out, you know. I think you, you can look at it broadly and say it didn't work out because they scored two runs and we did make a change. Um, you can also look at the fact that it didn't work out and we didn't take advantage of, of uh, at-bats we have with runners in scoring position. So this is my question. Why wasn't there a game plan or strategy to keep Barrios in the game? And... I just don't get it, because to, to me, that's when you're playing the numbers game rather than what is best for the game in that situation. We hear everybody, the hitters and the pitchers talking about where sometimes they have to go to, back to simplifying things, not paying attention to all the numbers, letting that kind of cloud their judgment. Do we not talk enough about possibly the managers overanalyzing these situations, overmanaging the situations, overthinking the situations? There is no way that that was a decision that was made without some sort of numbers involved. And even if you had that meeting early on the day where you guys decide that in this situation, we're going to take him out. Why not in that game, in that situation, when you see what's going on, keep Barrios in? Craig Council said it, it. It's hard to win in the playoffs. It, it is. It's harder when you make dumb decisions. Like it, it's, it's so much harder to win when you go into a game. He, he said it. He, we, we, we went in with a plan. Like You made a decision pregame that you were going to allow him to pitch set number of pitches or set number of innings, and then you were going to take it. We're going to be, we're going to flash. We're going to do something special. And, and what you did was you, you put your team in a position to lose. And good for you. You deserve it. I, I don't feel bad for people when they make decisions like that. That is, trust your guys. If a guy is rolling, like, you, you, you may have a, a situation where, you know, running backs take every other series. Boy, this guy is, he's rolling. We're going to let you, we're going to ride the hot hand. What, what did DeMarco say? You got to ride the hot ride guy? Ride the hot guy, yep. <laughs> you got to <laughs> ride the hot guy, as DeMarco said. And, and you let them play. And so you don't make that decision, especially in that moment. You have to say, you know what, I know we had a plan going in, but 
we didn't expect this guy to be performing this well, so let's keep him in and see how it goes. CD, when you're coaching a football game, you go in with a plan, right? Because, of course, you're prepared. Yeah. Any coach does that, which I get that. I get what Schneider's saying, that you should have a game plan going in. But, okay, you go in there, and things start going haywire during the game. Do you just stick with that plan, or uh, no. do you make adjustments? I, I make adjustments. I have a, a, a list of 10 plays that I want to run to start the game off. And, and they kind of go in order, assuming that first down, second down, maybe pick up the first down, third and short, whatever it may be. But if, if the third play is supposed to be a run up the middle and it's third and 20 or it's third and eight, I'm probably going to change that play. I'm probably going to go off script and come back to it later. So you have to you have to be able to adapt. And adjust. You guys, I'm, I'm just thinking here, and I don't have time to search this. How many World Series has John Schneider won as a manager? Um, mm. Zero. How many has Rocco Baldelli won? <laughs> and then how many has Bruce Bochy won? He won a few. He's won three. He's won a few. Mm. He's won three by letting hey, his every other yeah. year for a while. Let pitch. If you're going to pay guys, and we, we pay the highest paid players in the game, they're Scherzer, Verlander, Garrett Cole. Uh, those are the highest paid guys. Uh, just let them do their job. All right, what do we got on the text line, Matthew? I it, it drives me nuts that baseball has come to this, and it's nerd ball. It's stupid, and it was a stupid, completely that's all, stupid. That's move. all I've been waiting on. Yeah. It, it is. It is. It is. You, yeah, it's a bunch of guys that number crunching. And exactly, and that's this fine. should work well. Sick of be, sick of it. CD being a hater. Oh, I L L. You're not anyone that uh. Has an issue. Yeah. 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 I, just one last thing on the whole situation is if you want to grow the game of baseball, and I tweeted this out last night, if you want to grow the game of baseball, situations like that is something that is not, it's just a silly boneheaded move to pull him out of that situation. And people want to see the game managed by people, not a computer, right? Yes. And so when you're bringing in a new audience and they see that, they're like, what? what is the strategy here? Why is it, this doesn't and make any sense? Bob Costas, uh, I don't know if it was this past opening day or the or opening day before, but he lamented the thought that we've lost the great pitching matchup. I mean, yesterday we should have been really excited. Oh, we got Barrios and Gray. But then you, Barrios is out after the third and Gray is out after the fifth. That, it, baseball used to be, oh, I want to see Venz, Valenzuela pitch against Andujar. I want to see Carpenter pitch against Halliday. We don't have that anymore because mm-hmm. they've taken the great starting pitching pairing out of baseball. Ten innings from Black Jack Morris. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, <laughs> against Smoltz, by the way. I think he went nine. He went nine. Yeah, give, give me that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sick of it. NFL and NCAA players not wearing their mouth guards, just hanging off their face masks. This is a new fashion statement. Come on. I don't care about it. Does did Steph Curry start this? No, it, this is. I mean, I, I would wear mine. I told you I had a, a my coach called me in one day and said, hey. You're 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 giving away what play we're running. I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "When when it's a pass, you got your mouthpiece in your helmet. When it's a run, it's in your mouth." I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I take that. I would take it out. I need to breathe. So, yeah, it's been going on for a while. Did you notice the other night when Patrick Mahomes went on that 25-yard third-down run that he had his tongue out? Oh, so, and then you got uh, so I put together a little montage, a collage of uh, Michael and Albert with their tongues sticking out, and then Mahomes, <laughs> all the best guys. Yeah, it's not mouth guards, it's tongues. There you go. <laughs> Just ask Lars Ubar, he would do that a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah, one of the best guys. One swift stop is okay, but I'm sick of it. Stop going back like it's a buffet. 
Wait, what? Say it again. He said, said one swift stop is does, okay. Does Swifty no. go to Minneapolis? But I'm sick of it. Stop going back like it's a buffet. Uh, oh. Minneapolis. That's where they are this weekend. Against the Vikings. There's no. There's nothing. There's no need to go to. I don't think so. Minnesota. Probably not. Here's the other I thing. I don't uh, see her doing that. So my daughter Katie and I uh, scoped this out. There's no way possible for Swifty to make it to the Super Bowl. She has a she's concert? got a concert in Tokyo that will end at about 10 a.m. St. Uh, St. Louis time, and it's a 12-hour flight back, right, Brooke? You've done, you've oh, done that flight. Oh well, well so, it was 15 hours for me was, because I went from Dallas to Tokyo. Oh, okay. So I went so from Nashville to Vegas. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So this was. But she not would have direct 12-hour commercial. <laughs> Yeah, but still, it ends still. at 10 o'clock St. Louis time, and the Super Bowl starts. Or Yeah, 10 o'clock. She she would have no no, no physical way to get yeah. there unless she does the Star Trek beam me up Scotty thing. Because <laughs> the concert starts, yeah, the concert would start at 10 a.m. St. Louis time. Well, little do you know, Taylor Swift owns a Concord. Okay, so <laughs> 10, 11. So she gets on a plane at 2 in the afternoon in Tokyo and gets to Vegas and the game by 5.40? No In way. three hours and 40 minutes? Not Biggest pop star in the world. Okay, that's big. <laughs> that is big. <laughs> she can find a way okay, to get let's to do her one man. More. Sick of it, analytics, analytics is ruining baseball. Bring back Tony LaRusso. Bring back Dave Duncan. Well, first of all, it already ruined baseball. And what, <laughs> thank goodness, Theo Epstein is trying to do is remove the analytics aspect of it. They did a really good job this year with some of the things that they did in expanding the bases and eliminating the shift. Those are all good things, but they've got work to do in terms of getting people to understand why people like baseball. That's the problem is all, all these math fans, which is nothing wrong with liking math. I, I, I love people that like math, but here's the thing. When you're a math fan and not a baseball fan, and baseball suffers because you like math, then that's where we have a problem. And the math people, give them credit, they figured things out, but they didn't figure out how to make their sport more entertaining. Mm. They made it much less entertaining. And taking out Barrios yesterday was stupid. Yeah. No, it was. There was just no way to make sense of it. No. Terrible decisions. It was. So. Terrible people. Thanks for very much for your text. Uh, Greg Amsinger joins us next. Greg was up late last night, so it'll be interesting to see how he's reacting to his Rays getting knocked out of the playoffs. Greg Amsinger, MLB Network, next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hetman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the celebrity line now. And the lead anchor for MLB Network happens to be a native of St. Louis, a product of the Lindenwood University. He is the great Greg Amzinger, who was up late last night on MLB Tonight, but does the quick turnaround just so that he can be on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing? Uh, you know what? I'm doing I'm doing much better now because uh, you know, a year ago these postseason shows would end at like two in the morning without a pitch clock. Mm-hmm. I mean big forever. And last night it ended at like 12.30 in the morning Eastern time. In previous years when I did these shows on your radio station, I would get done with the interview and then I'd go back to bed only to wake up in a panic going, what the hell did I say on the radio? (laughs) I had no idea. Now I'm much more vibrant and coherent. So I think that's going to be better for everyone involved. Okay, I, I want to go back to last week where I promised you that I would have some uh, some nicknames. And so with the, with the Car- Cardinals have some good built-in nicknames. Brendan Donovan is Donnie Baseball. You okay with that? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Newt, Lars Newt Bar, obviously. Newt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how do you like uh, the, the Panamanian catcher, Ivan Herrera, being the Panamanian strongman? Remember, yeah. Man, remember Manuel Noriega, uh, and he was known as the Panamanian. How about if, if uh, Panamanian strongman Ivan Herrera? If you have to add someone if they know that, I don't know if that nickname okay. necessarily it works. Okay, it's a good starting point. It's a really good starting point. Uh, it reminds me of a segment I did two nights ago. I'm in the production meeting. I go, hey, you know, they didn't swing at Kevin Gossman's splitter. Let's do a segment where we do a close-up on Cam Maven. I go, Cam, how, how, did they, how did they avoid the best pitch in baseball, Kevin Gossman's splitter? And I go, and then Cam looks into the camera and spits on the floor. And I go, whoa. And I go, well, they spit on the splitter, right? Like, we'll just put newspapers down, and he'll spit on the ground. And I'm like, yeah, let's work with this, Greg. It's a good idea. And then they did a sound effect instead. So it's a, I see where you're going, but let's just okay. collaborate okay. a bit more. Okay, that. and then one more. And by the way, Mason Wynn already has two nicknames. And Jordan Walker is J-Dub. That's easy. Uh, Mason Wynn has his middle name, which is Blaze, which he's called, which fits. And then he's also got the nickname, St. Louis-based, by the way, Energizer Bunny. But he's from Kingwood, Texas. He's got a great arm, and the ball pops off of his bat. How about if Mason Wynn is the Kingwood Cannon? Now, I love that. That's outstanding work. That is outstanding work. That's effort, Randy. Thank that you. Clearly. <laughs> Poured in effort on that one. So I'm very proud of you. And you ended with a bang. That's really all I asked for in this segment. I appreciate it. We we, we need nicknames in baseball. <laughs> you know what? Really, I'll quickly, you remember George Grand, who might be one of the most lovely people that's ever been in broadcasting? Mm-hmm. I adore him. Amazing broadcaster. But one thing I didn't like when I was a kid, everyone's nickname were their initials. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. Like, Terry Pendleton was T.P., I'm like, you know, Tom Bernanski, TB. I'm like, oh, come on, man. I, I, the, the, the initial nickname, I, I don't like the people. When people go, hey, GA, I'm like, yo, bro, call me anything. You can actually <laughs> say something awful about me. I'd rather you call me a terrible nickname than call me GA. Yeah, and think about it. You don't feel special. You don't. Greg, 40 years later, the Berman nicknames stand up. Terry Swimming Pool, Bert Be Home Bly Levin, Billy Duran Doran. You know, it's just the, the time yeah. you remember all of those Berman nicknames, which were so creative and so good. All right, real quick, to be honest, to all of you, what were your childhood nicknames? I'll tell you mine. 
is just don't tell anybody, okay? I'll okay. tell you what mine is. Got it. Mine, no joke, first day, first day of pre-K, they asked what my name was, and I looked them in the eye. <laughs> this is all I was called. I literally didn't know my name. This is a form of child abuse, by the way. Okay? I looked at my pre-K teacher and said, Greggy Goo Goo. <laughs> I literally, literally thought my name was Greggy Goo Goo. Because I was a chubby boy, okay? And my mom and dad called me Goo Goo all the time. I got Cracker a lot, as you might guess, so that was kind of mine. Uh, cracker. Oh wait, 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 wait. What? Yeah. Cracker. What? Yeah, I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't proud. But yeah, that's what it was. Greg, mine was okay. mine was growing up. It was fats, and when I got to college, they called me Burger, and they called me Burger because they said I was one burger away from playing offensive line. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. good. Brooke? I I really didn't have it. I don't know if that's more of like a, a guy thing. I I got Brookie, Brookie G, uh, Grim Reaper was just kind of like a fun one that Grim is Reaper still is continued yeah. to to go along. Um, that's about it. That's those are the only ones. I, well, that I've listen, had. I, your parents just didn't play. They weren't that playful, I guess. I, I guess. I, 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 that's a form of child abuse. So that's what. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> poor daughter. I don't, I have never called my daughter Vanessa. I gave her the name. I, I, I was in love with Vanessa Williams when I was a kid. So I always wanted a daughter named Vanessa. But then she's born, and I called her everything but Vanessa. <laughs> I called her Nessa, Nessa, Bonessa, then just Bonessa. <laughs> then I don't know where I came up with this one. Fruit salad. Okay. <laughs> I called her fruit salad for like four months. This is when she was a child. Then I called her fruity. Then I called her fruity pebbles. Then I called her pebs. Like, as a poor child, I got a lot of issues. A lot That's of amazing. Issues. Okay, baseball. Well, uh, speaking of baseball, uh, Greg, what did you think about the two pitchers that the Cardinals have supposedly reportedly been linked to, Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray, last night with their performances? Is there one that possibly stood out to you more than the others? I know that we would like to have both here in St. Louis, but that would be a very expensive possibility. I think Aaron Nola is the number one target on John Mosaylock's list. Number one. He's everything he loves. You know, it's funny because Dan Plesak always says, you know, there, there are two types of pitchers. They're the, they're the horses and the guys that give you innings and the aces, the guys that swing and miss and strike everybody out. They're the number one game one guy. There are very few that are a horse's ace that they can do both. Okay. And that is what Aaron Nola is. Aaron Nola Gives you innings. He was terrific again last night. Uh, he doesn't overpower you, but that to me that means he can stand the test of time. The guys that throw ninety nine miles an hour, I good luck not uh, being on the IL because it's just not normal to do that on on the regular. So he's learned how to pitch. He, his arm slots a little lower, which plays for durability somehow. Whereas Sonny Gray also durable, but he doesn't go deep into games. Just like uh, yesterday's game in Minnesota, he's a five-and-dive guy. But th- those five innings, he'll, he'll win an ERA title by throwing a bunch of five-inning starts. The Cardinals need someone who gives them a break every fifth day from going to what will be a revamped bullpen. So I think Aaron Nola, you asked me uh, last week, you know, between uh, Blake Snell and Aaron Nola, who do you think the Cardinals would go to? And I said, well, who, who am I? Am I John Mozalek or am I Greg Amstinger? John Mozalek's picking Aaron Nola over Blake Snell every day of the week, and I think he's clearly the number one target for the Cardinals this offseason. 
Greg, I, I would assume that this morning Blue Jay fans are, are a little bit irate with um, John Snyder pulling Berrios. What did you think about that? And, and what are your thoughts on the analytics just taking over the game in the manner in which it is? You know, analytics, they're, they're a great roadmap of how to uh, win the long term, okay? And it's like, you know, working with someone on free throws. If analytics say your elbow needs to be in, and even if you miss a few, don't worry about that because we're playing an entire season over 80 games. You just focus on keeping your elbow in, even if it doesn't feel right. I know you're an NBA player now, but we're just going to make this adjustment. We think over the long term, it's going to help you out. But then all of a sudden, with four seconds to go and your team's down by two in the playoffs, you have to shoot two free throws. These two free throws have to go in or your season's over. Hmm. Analytics, they've never done that before. Many of these people never played catch with their father before. So they don't understand. They don't understand the humanity of sports. They don't understand that humans play these things. So when you stand at the free throw line and you have to make two free throws, all of a sudden the ball's heavy, the rim's far away. It just feels different, right? Well, in the playoffs, in the playoffs, you can have a roadmap to winning a baseball game in the road regular season. But once you get to the playoffs, when everyone tightens up, when everyone's nervous, there's a reason why Evan Longoria is valuable in the playoffs or Josh Donaldson played his butt off in the playoffs or Carlos Correa, who looked like a bust all season long, looks like the same Carlos Correa with the Houston Astros. The veterans know how to play baseball. They don't, some of these guys say, some of these kids, you ask them and you go, hey, uh, what do you, what's for people I hit baseballs mm-hmm. oh really you hit baseball oh I throw baseballs but there are people who know how to play baseball they play baseball right well John Schneider got in the way and you can tell he reluctantly walked to the mound he put his head down it was the walk of shame it was like walking to a college campus wearing the same clothes from the night before <laughs> at 11 a.m the next day that's the walk John Schneider made the walk of shame to go pull Barrios from that game he had the human element on his side. This is his former ballpark. He was booed by many of these fans that were at that game mm. for the Minnesota Twins. They didn't want him back. So what does he do? He dominates. His body language was electric. He couldn't wait for the next batter to step up, one of his former teammates, so we could punch him out. But because the roadmap that was made the night before from a, a group of people that aren't on the field said, no matter what, you're pulling him. He's halfway through his second time through the lineup. And we're going to bring in Kikuchi because we've detached ourselves. Do you know what that looked like? I'm going to give you another analogy. Clearly, I communicate through analogies. But let's say we draw up a play, right? And I go, okay, we're going to get the ball for Randy. No matter what, we're getting the ball to Randy. We're going to inbound the ball. Brooke, you throw the ball to Randy. All right? Make sure you do that. He's our our hottest shooter. Throw the ball to Randy. And then with like one second to go, you're looking for Randy. And the other team realizes that you guys are operated by a front office and you make no sense. Four (laughs) players. They put four (laughs) players on Randy. So Randy's running around with four players guarding. We're standing there. We're like, hey, yo, we're open. Brooks, what's the ball? But you're like, I got to do what the front office wants me to do. So you love the ball to Randy. That is what happened last night. And Dan Plesak said to me, he goes, "Uh, Greg, I I get it. I get analytics. I get it. I go, no, 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 no. We all get it, but we don't want it anymore. 
We don't want it. We get it, don't want it. <laughs> hey, Greg, in the next round, assuming that all of the division champions that are playing are the favorites, Dodgers over the D-backs, Braves over the Phillies, Orioles over the Rangers, and Houston over the Twins, which of the division champions is ripe for an upset? Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, the Houston Astros, to me, Everyone thinks that the Bregman popped the bottle champagne uh, combo that he had after they won was awesome. I totally get that. I just don't see them having the pitching depth. I just don't. I I, I can't see how they move on and believe that they're going to go back to the World Series. They're the sexy pick on the American League side to go to the World Series right now. I just I, I don't see enough swing and miss in their bullpen. I don't see enough swing and miss. Justin Verlander's last two starts were great. Before that, what did you see from Justin Verlander? In his career, what did you see from Justin Verlander in the postseason? I, I just, to me, I think they are primed to be bounced. And I, look, I, my pick before the season started was Tampa Bay Rays, and I'm very loyal to my picks, okay? I really am. And even though they lost four starting pitchers, four in their starting rotation, they lost their best position player, Wander Franco, to administrative leave. Brandon Lau, who was hitting homers at second base, gone. Luke Rayleigh, who was one of the breakout players in the American League, gone. I still have to stick with the Tampa Bay Rays. They had no chance of going all the way to the World Series, but I had for the theater of it, I had to root for it. The Toronto Blue Jays had the best starting pitching of the teams that were left on the American League side and now they're gone i think it's wide open now i I truly think the american league side is wide open as for the other side of the bracket i I, look man i I think it's unfair the braves to play the phillies Mm -hmm. no one one, one feels bad for the braves no one does but you you can't have seating work out this way the philadelphia phillies are clearly the second best team in baseball and they're red hot right now and they got trey turner playing like a superstar that's different than they had last year they don't have bryce harper rushing back from a broken hand with screws in his wrist this year they have nick castle with almost 30 home runs and over 100 RBIs. Last year, he hit 13 home runs. He had lost all of his slug. They are a much, much better team. They've got four closers right now. And there's this guy, this other kid named Keparine, who's just insane. He might have the greatest slider in all of baseball. He came and pitched uh, the eighth inning last night. So they they are loaded for bear, and somehow the Dodgers get to play the Diamondbacks. Like, holy smokes, we got to rethink this. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I, I, think any, I think the Atlanta Braves, as great as they are, no joke, could be bounced by the Philadelphia Phillies. That's how high I am on the Phillies right now. Last thing for Greg Amsinger. Our next segment is Take It or Leave It. Greg Amsinger, Take It or Leave It. Nolan Arenado is the Cardinals' opening day third baseman in 2024. I'm taking that. Absolutely taking that. I I, I don't think in any way they're going to move him. I, I, they, they're all in to win next year. And to me, the, 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 the scuttlebutt of him getting moved, it sounds a lot like the Bob Melvin's definitely not going to be the manager of the San Diego Padres. Only to have A.J. Preller come out and be like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. We're friends, and, and he's going to be the manager next year. So, uh, to me, Nolan Arenado is definitely going to be the opening day third baseman for the Cardinals. No question about it. You're awesome. We didn't have to give the score of the Lindenwood game against Austin P. Yeah, you know, I've been watching that online, and, and uh, you know, I text all my Lindenwood friends, uh, and then after about uh, halfway through the first quarter, I decided, no more texts. We're just going to move on. <laughs> I left it on in the background, you know what I mean? It's, hey, they're rebuilding. Listen, it's, it's, Division one's hard. So, um, look, as, lo- as long as the quarterback wasn't pulled halfway through the first quarter, right, because the analytics department said that's the play, uh-huh. I'm fine with whatever the score was. As long as we're letting the humans – play the football game, I'm totally cool with whatever sporting event I'm watching. I'm on board with you. Greg, you're the best. Thanks so much. We'll be watching MLB tonight throughout the playoffs and the World Series, and this is your busy time of year, so we really appreciate you making the time for us this morning. 
All right. Hey guys, thank you. And uh, Greggy Gugu is going to go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Yeah, see ya. The great Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, and a product of the Lindenwood University. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Take it or leave it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Carrie, Randy, take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. It's great to have you with us, and you can text in 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. All right, kids, uh, take it or leave it. If the Cardinals were in the playoffs, a starting pitcher would not eclipse five innings. Take it. Oh, I, I will take, take that. Yeah. Quintana did get five and a third, right? <laughs> my handy dandy uh, analytics sheet out and make sure four and a third. We're going to go the third time around. Yeah, no. Leave it. Oh, take what it. A, I mean, what a waste of money, <laughs> right? If you're gonna sp- if you're gonna spend twenty five million a year, twenty eight million yes. a year on a pitcher, and not let him get to the sixth inning or the fourth inning. What's the point? Why not just go bullpen game the whole time? If if, if the guy's going to go three, why not go two? And why not just make it a bullpen game? That's a fantastic question. Why not just play all your starters if you're going to do that at some point? Yeah. Give them two innings apiece. Can they, can they, how many games can they play after that? Can they, how does that work? They Depends just on the guys. Just because, play every day. Yeah. Just play them every day. Give your, why not just go, if you want to do it, Take your four best players, your four best starters, mm-hmm. and your and your best closer. Those be your five guys that you pitch in every series. Two innings, two innings, two innings, two innings. Closer in eighth, in the ninth. Yep. Here's the thing: if you had Jason Isringhausen in his prime, every time you were ahead after the seventh inning, you could have pitched Izzy in the eighth and ninth. Every time you were ahead in the playoffs, you could have pitched Izzy in the eighth and ninth. If you did a game like that, where you only had two innings. Uh, for the starter went two innings. Number one, the guy might kill you. But if yeah. he, if he wouldn't kill you, you could pitch Danny. You could start Danny Cox every single game. There you go. And he would he would give you two or three innings mm-hmm. every single game. If you want to do it, take your yeah, best four it. best pitchers. Yeah. and pitch them every game. If you want to go, uh, just say the hell with it. Yep. We're going to really blow this analytics thing out of the water, and we're going to play our four, our five best players in every ser- in every game of the series. Back in my day, Bruce Suter <laughs> used to say he liked pitching four out of every seven days. He yeah. liked pitching four out. That was how he got sharp, yeah. was by pitching a lot. I, and that's the thing is what you were saying, too, is why spend all that money for him yeah. if you're not going to utilize him a little bit more than just well, pulling him after 47 pitches? And like, like Greg said, one one positive about analytics is that's one of the problems with a guy like Gray is that if you try it, they know. That's, what, that's why Gray was pulled after 85 pitches, because there are limitations to what he can do in terms yeah. of pitches and innings. But you have to know your pick your spots. You, you don't have to do that with Wheeler or Nola. No. Uh, so the Texas Rangers are heading to Baltimore. Baltimore was the best team in AL. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. 
they get out of there with the victory in the series. I'm taking that the one. The Orioles Ooh, are not yeah. going to win that series, that, I don't think. That was the one that I thought Greg would pick. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the case. I think Bochi and that staff and the, the way they collected pitching and built their bullpen, I think they'll be able to handle Baltimore. I agree. I agree. Yeah, spending money the right and smart way. Mm-hmm. It seems the right call yeah. for them. How many people are going to be there? They're going to show oh, up they'll in show Baltimore? Up. Yeah, they'll, okay. it'll be nuts. Yeah. It'll be bananas. Yeah. 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 And by the way, how about this? Uh, we're talking about them upsetting the Orioles, and they're missing DeGrom, and they're missing Scherzer. Two of the top ten paid pitchers, two of the top five pitchers in baseball yeah. in terms of salary, and they're out. Take it or leave it, guys. We were talking about the whole Brios situation. Um, take it or leave it, it was worse taking him out after 47 pitches than it was taking Blake Snell out in the World Series. Leave it. Now, here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. I get it as a big stage, and you could kind of argue maybe a little bit with the Blake Snell situation, but just 47 pitches. You mentioned, Randy, the amount of money that they spent on him. Why would you do that after just three innings, essentially? I can't answer that. I just can't answer that. There's no logical Why was answer. the point of spending all that money on right. him? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I feel like as a coach, as a manager... It, there are so many tough decisions throughout a game that you have to make, but you have to make them with conviction yeah. and K with the end result. And if people are going to question it, you know, I just don't feel like taking a player out when he's performing well. Mm-hmm. That's not when you do that. You you don't. You, if a guy has got it for that day, you, you you're thankful. Whew, thank goodness he. Cause it makes my life easier. Yeah. When I got one guy that is on his game for the day. Let me let me get the hell out of the way. I, I told you all, when you have great players, the worst thing you can do is overcoach them. You get the hell out of the way. You shut up. You don't say. They're doing things that you would never, ever be able to do in life. Me included. When you have a great player that is performing, you get the hell out of their way. You shut up. You don't bother them. You stay out of the way. Man, you need some water? You need? <laughs> can I get you anything? You help them, but you don't hurt them. You get out of the way and, and, and let them do their thing. And, by the way, Brooke, to your point, Barrios got seven years and $131 million from the Blue Jays. Yes. Yikes. All right, uh, Matthew, what do you got on the old text line there? Oh, he, he didn't forgot that he had to do this. <laughs> well, that's all right. I was looking at the clock. I didn't, I, didn't know we, I didn't know if we were going to hit these. Take it or leave it. St. Louis is more excited about Sonny Gray after yesterday. I think that I'll take it. I do think that St. Louis let's, is. I don't think Randy yeah, is. Let's, yeah. Let's take it or leave it. Randy is more excited after seeing Sonny Gray. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> did, did, did you hear Greg's description of a horse? Yeah. I'm, I'm paying for a horse. Okay. Okay. I'm not paying for five and dive. You had a horse. Five and dive. You had yeah. one. Five and dive. Yeah, he, yeah. he plays for the Texas Rangers. Yeah. What happened to him? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Take it or leave it. Nolan Gorman is in next year's home run derby. Representing an AL team. Ooh. Oh. Um, I don't want to send Nolan on his way. Congratulations, you're a Seattle Mariner. I don't want to nope. send him right. on his way. No. I'm, I'm, I'm I, want, I want Nolan to be here. Okay, say it with me. Logan Gilbert. Nah, George. Dylan C. Kirby. Dylan C. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> now you're thinking. Uh, take it or leave it. I really want to know why Randy asked that Am- R- Randy asked Amzinger that Arenado question. Uh oh. Maybe we'll okay. maybe we'll just just wondering. Just we thinking got, about we it. We got three different texts, by the way, <laughs> along those just lines. Wondering. Just wondering. Okay. Just curious. That was that was a bit intriguing. I was just fun. Just a little curious. I, here. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just wondering. life, you know.
Things happen in life. Yeah. Take it or leave. You should question everything this offseason because this is going to be you a weird offseason. The 2024 <laughs> Cardinals question everything. There you go. That's a great, take, scary motto. Take it or leave. <laughs> Speaking of them, take it or leave. Jordan Montgomery returns to the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, I'm going to oh, leave I'm that. I'm going to leave that. Yeah, I am too. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? He come back here. That Tuesday. would be a real uh, watershed move on the part of the Cardinals if they could get a Scott Boris client in here. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Is, is Montgomery, has he proven himself to be of the level of a Scherzer or Verlander? No, he hasn't. But would he be number one here? He would. I, I think that if you want to keep somebody, you know, you don't let your, your girlfriend go date another guy if you really like him. <laughs> That's just my opinion. You <laughs> see what else is going on outside? And, uh, honey, let's stay here. Don't go anywhere. You stay with me. Yeah. And but if you let her leave, his comment about being Sometimes reunited with Greg or with Mike Maddox was pretty. Telling see if it well. comes back to you. Yes, right. You have to <laughs> set it, it free leave. to see if it's really true, truly meant to be. See, <laughs> this ain't gonna be meant to be. <laughs> uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy, and thanks for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, what would be the biggest mistake the Cardinals could make this offseason? That's coming your way on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. I see what you. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's 808 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Okay. We're heading into the offseason for the St. Louis Cardinals, and we're hoping that they do a lot of good things. But what is the worst thing, in your opinion, that the Cardinals could do? What is the biggest mistake the Cardinals could make this offseason? Mine? Well, guys, there's a long list of mistakes they could make. I think, obviously, everybody's thinking about the pitching, not getting enough starting pitching. Even the bullpen is something that I believe, if you have pitching being the number one thing you're going to address, bullpen, I think, should be 1A right after that. But... Here's another one. I think one of the biggest mistakes the Cardinals could make this offseason is trading Nolan Arenado. And the reason I say this, let's go back to the trade deadline earlier this season. Do you guys remember those rumors about mm-hmm. the Cardinals possibly shopping Nolan Arenado around? Even some talk about him linking him with the Dodgers. What if that is not completely gone? That possibility of Nolan Arnato being moved to the Dodgers or being moved elsewhere, I think that that would be a huge mistake on the Cardinals' part for many reasons. Why did you bring him in? Why did they bring Nolan Arenado in, guys? To win championships, I thought. Because he's one of the four or five best players in baseball. Yes, and that is fantastic that they were able to pull it off. And my assumption and just perception of this is that Nolan Arenado probably assumed that they were going to do more from a roster construction standpoint to make them more competitive. I would be frustrated if I was Nolan Arenado after experiencing what I experienced with the Rockies. He made that very clear what he was upset about. He's turned a new page coming over to St. Louis. And then you think that they will make some more aggressive offseason moves to possibly get some pitching, address some of the issues. And then that doesn't pan out that way. If you're Nolan Arenado, would you not be frustrated in that situation? I think moving on from him this offseason would st- would signal a rebuild because it almost has to change your approach of how you even take on this whole offseason, right? Because right. would you be going after an Aaron Nola and a Sonny Gray if you were moving on from, from Nolan Arenado? Because you would be getting, I assume, some young pitching, some other things in return. I just think that moving on from him would be a huge mistake. It would be a big stain in what could have been something huge for the Cardinals mm-hmm. and also leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth, fans' mouths, but also Nolan Arenado's mm-hmm. mouth. 
I think the biggest mistake would be that if they don't figure out this pitching rotation, this this relief pitcher situation, that to me is the biggest mistake they could make in the offseason. The, the notion, and I think they've already started to make this mistake because they – John Mosellock said at one point we need three starters, and now there's some backtracking going on. Oh, well, maybe not three starters. I think that's a mistake because what you saw at the trade deadline is exactly what you needed. You need three guys, Miles Michaelis, Steven Matz, uh, Zach Thompson. Those guys can can fight for four, five, and six. I mean, four and five, and, and one of them is going to be the sixth guy. But going out and getting – and not just not just three starters, not just three guys that have started in the major leagues, three guys that we know that can compete at a high level. When you're watching the playoffs this these last couple of days, you see pitchers, starting pitchers that are competing. We need competitive players, guys that, that take the ball every fifth day and say, get the hell out of my face, manager. Go sit back down in the dugout. I'm going to finish this inning. I'm going to take out this batter, and then we'll discuss this at the end mm-hmm. of this inning. I need those guys. I need more fiery guys on this roster, more passionate guys. I, I know they have passion, but I need some guys to show it outwardly that, that you know, show up every single day with that emotion and that intention. And for me, the biggest mistake the Cardinals could make, and I say this with all due respect to Blake Shelton. Uh, <laughs> What are, you, what, are you, what are you laughing at? It's a country music Cardinal singer. Pitching coach. <laughs> no, doesn't he do the voice? He's oh, well, yeah, he's a, he's a country music. Oh, and he's married okay. to Gwen okay. Stefani. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, that's okay. not. No, Casey, Casey Blake. Blake. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, we would see Gwen around the stadium, wouldn't yeah. we? Maybe. He might be a really good analytics guy. Okay, yeah. He might be a really good pitching coach, but we just didn't see the results. The biggest mistake the Cardinals could make is to go out and spend a bunch of money on pitching without having somebody who has a history of making major league pitchers better. So many guys regressed this past season. I don't know if it was his fault or not, but help out Ali Marmol as much as you can by bringing in somebody with experience at making pitchers better. Yes. The biggest mistake they could make is to go out and spend $25 million on Sonny Came Home. Or thirty million on uh, on Aaron Nola, and then not have them coached up with somebody who has experience and respect from those pitchers. Now yeah. I will I will agree with this part because if those guys, if we get a new pitcher in here and they regress from what they have been, if they take a, a dip in their play, then you do have to start looking at the coaching and say, hey, maybe they're not being coached as well. I think it happens when guys leave and go play well, but Cabrera. if guys come here Montgomery. and they start to not perform well, you do. That's when you start to have the question, okay, what is our development looking like? What is our, yeah. our coaching and our teaching looking like? Because clearly, this guy can perform well in other places and he's not here. And I don't know James Blake from Adam, <laughs> but it's just, it bothers me. Casey. <laughs> oh. Is it Casey? No. no, no it's Dusty Blake. Dusty. <laughs> My God. Dusty Blake. He's so confused. He's been saying know. every name so far He's away from Dusty it. Dusty Blake. Yeah. <laughs> that took five full minutes. From when, Car- when, when Carrie said no, Randy, it's Casey Blake to, wait a second, it's not Casey Blake. You were thinking of Casey Lawrence. Five and then you combined Dusty Blake with Casey that happened. It threw me completely off. Casey Lawrence and Dusty Blake combining for the old. Ultimate. I was just sitting here. Terrifying. What's the nickname for that I, uh, combo? Uh, if you were able to the dynamic us. duo, that the would di- be. I thought we were going to go to break. Oh, and still wouldn't have changed yeah. it. I thought we were okay. going to go to break with his name being Casey yeah, Blake. Oh my god! Somebody said, "Give Robert Blake a chance." <laughs> <laughs> That's an expression. Take on one of ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk some blues.
news hockey with our buddy Bernie Federko. The Hall of Famer is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. As we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. A proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. We go to the celebrity line now, and our friend, Hall of Famer Bernie Federko of Valley Sports joins us. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing great, thank you. Good. Hey, I, I love the the alacrity with which the NHL preseason occurs. They get right into games, only play nine preseason games, and we're going to be playing games in a week. We're a week from tonight, as a matter of fact, the Blues play Dallas in their opener. But that being said, does it seem like we should just get right into games now? Have we seen enough preseason? I have. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, and, I, and I guarantee you the players have. Uh, you know, it's, things have changed so much, Randy, from, from the time when I played. I mean, we kind of came to camp to get in shape. Uh, but, but now uh, everybody is in such good physical condition all season long, all summer long. The guys are working out. They skate all the time as well. So I, I think when they come to camp, Probably two or three preseason games would be enough, but uh, such is the business of the game. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of experimenting going on with uh, with teams as they, they've got you know, a bunch of guys in, on the roster that they, 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 they still can't make decisions on who's going to be it. And the best way that uh, you can pick the team is by playing these uh, real, you know, uh, games, exhibition games. So so obviously they got to do it. And uh, But I guarantee you the guys are really excited about uh, next Thursday. They're, they're not that excited about the next couple of games. Bernie, it looks like a very veteran-heavy lineup in Dallas. I also saw where a lot of people were very excited with seeing some of the practice lines from the Blues yesterday because it almost looks like what we might see for when the season starts here soon. You had Buchnevich, Thomas, and Cairo on the top line, Saad, Shin, and Kapanen on the second line. And on the third line, I think this one's really intriguing, you have Rana, Hayes, and Blay on that third line. What do you think about that third line, possibly? Yeah, I, I think that there's still going to probably be some experimenting going on. Uh, but, you know, I was at practice yesterday, too, and watching that. And, and it, I think that kind of was what they're set on right now. But, I mean, little things, I guess, change. you got to try to find uh, the right chemistry on lines. But I think the, the lines that they had set up yesterday look great. Uh, I think that uh, uh, a lot of the guys, as you said, are veterans. There's going to be a couple of rookies that maybe are younger guys that are going to kind of fit in somewhere. But I think the roster is pretty well set for the Blues right now. And I think it's just a matter of getting the system to go the system to work and and make sure that they're 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 very responsible defensively. I think that's going to be the big key. Uh, this team, I think, can score, uh, but I think defensively, that's what, what what's going to be the most important thing: is making sure that they they stop the goals from going into their own net. Bernie Bucinavich had 26 goals and 41 assists, second in goals on the team, third in assists on the team. Only in only 63 games, is he a 90 point scorer, potentially a 100 point scorer this season? He certainly should be. I mean, especially playing with Cairo and, and Thomas as well. I mean, uh, Robert' uh, vision on the ice is so good. He's such a great passer, and, and, and really, I, I love the way Butchnowitz plays because he, he's he's got one of those guys that he could do it all. Whether you want him to kill penalties, play the power play, or or four on four, whatever you need him to do, he's very capable. That he's very skilled out there, and and he's he's very competitive. So he's certainly one of the players that they'll be looking for. And and, and the fact that he now 
if he gets settled in on that line with with uh, Thomas and Cairo, I, I think that line could be really doing a lot of damage all season long. Bernie, one of my favorite teams ever that the Blues had was your 1980-81 team. And remember, you remember just being there, and I remember as an observer, it seemed like the team was always looking for that number one defenseman, which they wind up wound up trading for, and it didn't work out. But that's an aside. My, my point is this. You had Jerry Hart. You had Jack Brown, Scheidel. You had Bob Hess, who's still here, Rick LaPointe, Brian Maxwell, Joe Micheletti, Craig Norwich, That was and Bill Stewart was on that team. Certainly no, no Hall of Famers, probably not even all-star guys. But you were top third in the league in goals against because of the system and obviously the greatness of Mike Liut. My question is, in this day and age, 40 years later, can you still play a defensive system without that that stud number one defenseman and be successful in holding the goals against down? Well, I think we can go back to just 2019, uh, you know, Randy. I mean, you know, uh, I think we look at Petrangelo as being a great defenseman, a really good defenseman, but I don't think he was in really in, in, in what we'd call an all-star defenseman at the time. So I think when you look at, at that team, you know, with Bollmeister, I mean, the Blues won the Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had great goaltending, uh, you know, with what Bennington did. Uh, but the system was, uh, you know, that the, the Blues played in the – in the offensive zone most of the time because they grinded teams. Uh, they they got the cycle going down in the other end, and uh, they took a lot of pressure off the defense and, and off the goaltending. So, uh, yes, I, I, I really believe that there is uh, – you know, it's always nice to have that number one guy, that guy that can play 30 minutes and that guy that is an all-star each and every year. But uh, if you don't have it, you're certainly capable of playing the right system and get everybody on the same page. And, uh, I mean, when you look at the Blues, I mean – uh, we still, Pareko is, is a very, very good defenseman, very solid. We, we've talked about Falk, we've got Letty, you know, Krug, I know, the ones to bounce back from the year he had last year. So uh, there is still a lot of potential on this team. So, yeah, it would be nice for Doug Armstrong to find one of those guys. But how many of those are available, Randy, too? There's not a lot of what we call, yeah, exactly. So, so it's very, so you gotta you got to play and you got to hope that uh, everybody comes together and plays a, a, the system that, that, that really doesn't allow a lot of goals against. Bernie, we were talking about the lines, obviously, with the forward group, and it seems like all that is pretty set, but there's some extra guys who are still competing, possibly, for a position there. Who do you think is standing out amongst Walker, McEachern, Alexandrov? Is there anybody in that group that you think is sticking out, or even Dean and Bolduc? Yeah, I don't I don't know, Brooke, if there's anybody that stands out. I mean, that, that's kind of almost always a, a decision that has to be made uh, within the organization because you have to find out, you know, who, who, who can you hang on to I mean, you've certainly got salary cap issues and all, all that when you're, when you're going through through that. But uh, the guys that the guys that uh, you know need to play too. So if, you, if you're looking at some of the young guys to, to try to keep them on the team, if there's not enough ice time, uh, you've got to let them go down the American League. They've got they've got to play hockey. Even you know the younger kids now, you know like Dean and and Bolduc, they have not played at the professional level yet. So it's probably really good for them to spend some time in the minors and, 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 you know, gain some confidence and, and become better players. So uh, these are tough decisions all the time. So uh, I'm going to leave that up to, to Doug Armstrong. But but certainly um, uh, everybody wants to stay here. Everybody wants to be in the NHL. But I think everybody understands, too, that if there's no uh, space here, uh, you want to go and, and, and play in the minors. And even if you can't get called up or maybe you can make a mark or, or make a name that, that one, somebody else's and one other team might, might, might pick you up you don't get a chance here. Bernie, you're looking at a fourth line of potentially Jake Neighbors, Sunquist, and, and Torbchenko. What do you see from those guys? Uh, how will they help this team this season? Well, they're just going to have to play very physical hockey. I mean, I, I think the fourth line carry all the time. Your job is to make sure that you don't get scored against, that you can 
um, you know, can create some, I guess, commotion and, and excitement out there for the fans as well. And, and by being aggressive, by, by being uh, energetic and, uh, I think the fourth lines, uh, you know, can do a lot of damage and kind of set the tone for for an awful lot of, of, of you know, of good games. I mean, we go back again, and I keep talking about 2019 when, the, when they won the Cup. I mean, the Blues' fourth line, you know, with Sundquist and Barbashev and Steen really was a difference maker. So uh, I think that, that people look at fourth line and say, no, you're not going to get a lot of ice time. Well, they're not maybe as much as the other team, but uh, just like everything else, you can't play with just three lines. You need a very capable fourth line, and I think that uh, the energy on, on, on a young fourth line that the Blues will have, I think this could really uh, make a big difference. Hey, Bernie, one last thing. The Blues still have a lot of Stanley Cup championship experience. Blay coming back, Sunquist coming back this year. I think there's eight or nine people that have won Stanley Cups. How valuable is that winning experience to a team as you traverse the, the season? Uh, you know, it, it, I think it plays a, a role, obviously, uh, it's confidence. The guys that, and I think the guys that were here back then, I mean, let's not forget that it wasn't a great start to 2008, 19, 18, 19 season. And it was, wasn't until after Christmas, after January 1st, where this team kind of turned it around and everybody got on the same page. But uh, I think, I think you look at it more sort of any of the guys that, especially a guy like Blay comes back, uh, things didn't work out, you know, for him uh, when he went to New York, uh, he, he had success here, although he didn't play an awful lot. Well, here's another opportunity. And, I think that's what's going to be. I think it's more important for the for the you know the 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 guys that have maybe seen that and been part of the Cup run. But I think it's going to be more important for guys like Kapanen and guys like Verana that they're getting another opportunity to really to prove uh, to this organization and, and to the fans here that 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 they're really good players and and that that they can you know make this team into a championship team. So I, obviously, the, the, it's always nice to have that Cup, but uh, it's it's really now it's four years ago. And I think you guys realize that they got to do things right now to make sure that things, things happen in the future. Hall of Famer Bernie Federico, it's always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week on Bally, but we'll see you at the rink, too. Take care. That is the Hall of Famer Bernie Federico on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up. We've got the fight, and we probably need a fighter. Text in to 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Text into that number with your name and the word fight, and maybe you'll fight us here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Jeremy. Jeremy, how you doing? Doing good, Kerry. How about yourself? Doing well. Are you uh, ready to take on Randy Carricker? Yes, sir. Have you been paying attention to the NFL and Taylor Swift? <laughs> a little bit, yes, sir. Right, well, I hope so. Hard not we, to. we got we got a little Swifty <laughs> trivia here. There's not a single piece of Swifty oh, trivia. This is Swifty trivia. Fight. By Carrie's the way, it should just the be all Carrie's Taylor Swift trivia. I no. hope you're ready for that, Jeremy. No. <laughs> here's, here's your first Taylor Swift trivia question. Which college did both the Kelsey brothers go to, Jason and Travis, did they play their college football? Is it Michigan State, Rutgers, or Cincinnati? 
I'm going to go with Cincinnati. All right. Christian McCaffrey has 12 career games with both a touchdown run and a touchdown catch. Who is the only running back with more? Is it Roger Craig, Marshall Falk, or Austin Eckler? Marshall Falk. On this day in 2005, the great one coached his first NHL game. Which franchise did Wayne Gretzky coach? Was it the Thrashers, the Oilers, or the Coyotes? Coyotes. Final question. The Twins broke their streak of nine straight postseason series losses last night, coming up just short of the Major League Baseball record of 10, currently held by two National League squads. One is the Braves. Who is the other franchise to lose 10 straight postseason series? Is it the Mets, the Cubs, or the Rockies? Colorado Rockies. All right, we will double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Jeremy, how you feeling? Yeah, 50-50 there. I guess it wasn't as much Taylor Swift trivia as I, I had, uh, had mentioned to begin with. Just a little bit. Wow. Randy, you got a... It's almost like little... you were being a sensationalist who was stirring the pot. Oh, oh. Or maybe I'm like the NFL and talk about it and, you know, it it's not really necessary. important. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, say hello to Jeremy. Jeremy, good morning. How you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. All right, Randy, you ready to go? Ready. Which college did both the Kelsey brothers, Jason and Travis, play their college football? University of Cincinnati. Cincinnati. One of them got suspended for smoking marijuana. Which one would that be? That would be the one that's dating Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. There you go. She likes bad boys. There you go. Yeah. Bad boys. You don't want to say that. that. (laughs) Swifty's listening in the car on the way to school. He got suspended. It's a a matter of record. He he said it on his podcast. That's an interesting story. They're going to be tacking old Travis in a minute. (laughs) Sorry. Christian McCaffrey has 12 career games with both a touchdown run and a touchdown catch. Who is the only running back with more? I'm going to guess Marshall Falk. Since every single one of those questions, the answer is Marshall Falk. Like, all of them. Sometimes it's LaDainian Tomlinson. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah that's it's true. We, we, uh, you all got on me that I picked Edron James over LT that I one day. What, yeah. You know what? I'll tell you something. As awesome as Marshall Falk was as a player, and as much as I appreciated what was happening as it was happening, and Mike Martz always said, hey, appreciate this because we're in a special place in time. As it was happening, I did not realize how awesome Marshall Falk was. Oh, yeah. He was uh, He was awesome. He's pretty good. All right, Randy. On this day in 2005, the great one coached his first NHL game. Which franchise did Wayne Gretzky coach? I believe he may have coached our own Jamie Rivers with the then Phoenix Coyotes. It was the Coyotes. Uh, I don't know if they were Arizona or Phoenix. I think they might have been Phoenix at that point. Uh, he also coached uh, Brett Hall with the Coyotes. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Then Holly retired after like eight games or something. Final question. Mm-hmm. The Twins broke their streak of nine straight postseason series losses last night, coming up just short of the Major League Baseball record of 10, currently held by two National League squads. One is the Braves. Who is the other franchise to lose 10 straight postseason series? Lose 10 straight postseason series. That is difficult to do. Um... Hmm. I'm going to say it's not the Brewers or the Reds. I'm going to leave the Pirates there as a possibility. Not the Cardinals nor the Cubs. Um, Dodgers, Padres. Padres lost a lot. 
Um, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, no. Um, even though the Cardinals beat up on them a lot in the 80s. And then not the Rockies or the Diamondbacks, I don't think. And then in the East, I'm going to say it's none of the Eastern Division teams. So I'm thinking Padres or Pirates here. And I don't think the Pirates were in enough. So I'm going to go with the Padres. All right. We have a very high-scoring tiebreaker in the fight today. So we will go to our tiebreaker question, and it's pretty simple. I'm going to read out the question. We'll give Randy Carricker a moment to write down his answer. Once we have confirmed that Randy has written down his answer, Jeremy, that's when you then can give your answer audibly. We will then uh, reveal what Randy's guessing. Whoever is closest to the pin is going to be the winner of today's fight. Jeremy, do you understand those rules? Yes, sir. There you go. Randy, do you understand the rules? I understand the rules. Do you have a pen and paper? I have a pen and I have paper. All right. (laughs) Ted Williams holds the Major League Baseball and American League. He hit some frozen ropes, man. (laughs) Ted Williams holds the MLB and AL record for RBI by a rookie. How many did he hit in his rookie year? How many RBI did Ted or, or RBIs did Ted Williams have in his rookie year, which still stands as the MLB and AL record for rookies? Randy Carricker has given us his guess. Jeremy, what is your guess, sir? I'm gonna go one away. All right, we have a win. Wait, do a little math. Yes, we have a winner in today's <laughs> fight. <laughs> Thursdays. Just building up the drama. I, I, I got a little bit. You know what's really sad? You had to do math on that one. He wants the drama. What are you doing to me, man? Just asking, man. People don't know this. He would have had more. They're gonna know it in a second. So how about that? In about five seconds, they're gonna ask the same question that I asked. You had to do math. Here's the thing. On that. Ted Williams. I believe he missed like five games with a head cold. Oh, Randy. He still oh, got that, doesn't he? Stop. <laughs> he, right. he still it's, has that. It's, li- it's is, a lingering is issue. Is the master of the dad joke the winner of the fight <laughs> once again, or does Jeremy just do us all a favor and dethrone him on this Thursday ring? Oh my God. That bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. <laughs> Randy, you won the tiebreaker today. The your guess, guess, the guess from Jeremy was 108. What was your guess? Can you hold it up to the camera, please? Uh, yeah, my guess was 148. Your guess was 148. And what's the number? answer is 145. How's that, that math working out for you? Hey, math is hard, CD. Math is hard. I will turn your microphone and therefore camera off, CD. The correct answer, Ted Williams holds the MLB and AL record for RBI by a rookie, and he hit 145 in his rookie year. So Randy wins the fight. Well, today. And it was, it was a 3-3 tie. What, what, what year did he do that? Oh, God bless America. 1939? Was a rookie? Yes. And he's still ahead. Oh. oh. Just, why would you he's wanna, just that. And why would you want to turn off CD's camera and Mike? Are you trying to freeze him out or something? <laughs> Well played. I will read these questions so long. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, Jeremy, it was close. You took him to the tiebreaker, but unfortunately he did beat you by, uh, he just got three over the correct answer. I guess a lot of math wasn't needed. Yeah, every dog has its day. If it would have been a football question, I might have been able to take him out. Ah, fair oh, enough, Jeremy. That's that's the way the cookie crumbles. Let's go through those questions and answers. Which college did both the Kelsey brothers, Jason and Travis, play their college football? It's Travis's birthday today. I don't see how this is a Taylor Swift question.
question. But they both Swifty. played the ball at Cincinnati. Travis, by the way, started out as a as a quarterback, was then suspended by uh, Brooks' favorite uh, college coach ever, Butch Jones, for oh, marijuana no. use, no. and then he came back nope. and he played tight. Nope, you, nope, you're nope. big Butch Jones fans, right? Uh, no, the Butch Jones era was, uh, was it, terrible. Was it? Oh, okay, terrible. I love that. Yeah. As the bumper that sticker says, the the Butch Jones error. <laughs> error. Yes. We try to forget about it's my that favorite one. era of Tennessee football, right alongside Greg Schiano and oh, uh, Christian McCaffrey has 12 <laughs> career games with both a TD run and a TD catch. Uh, who is the only running back with more? Obviously, it's it's Marshall Falk. That's the answer. On this day in 2005, the great one coached his first NHL game. It was in fact with the Coyotes, and man, it was a great four years there. And the Twins <laughs> broke their streak of nine straight postseason series losses last night, coming up just short of the MLB record of 10 currently held by two NL squads. The Braves, by the way, set that record from 2001 to 2016. The other team to hold it are the Chicago Cubs, mm. who set that record from 1908 to 2009. It took the Braves 15 run. years to do it. It took the Cubs 100 years to lose 10 straight postseason series. So those are your two teams. They obviously would eventually break it. And Randy Carricker walks away with a 3-3 tie win and then a win in the tiebreaker. Thank you, Jeremy, so much for joining the fight and joining the show. I appreciate you guys having me on. Good job, Jeremy. Okay, so uh, here, here's what happened. Uh, th- there was a contract for Ted Williams, okay? Uh, and John Henry Williams, his son, and Claudia, uh, they, they claimed that they and Dad all agreed to be put in biostasis after we die. And the quote was, this is what we want, to be able to be together in the future, even if it's only a chance. It's hard to get together after the head is separated from the body. I think so. What did that? How does that? I don't even know. I don't know. You're intrigued to know how it works. Yeah, if you know, yes, a little bit. I want to know what the thought process was behind that. Well, Carrie, if you can defeat the Nazis, you can do just about anything. Well, here's oh, a, man, no. What they, what they did is they're freezing him with the what uh, cryonics. But just his head. But your dead yeah, but your DNA. is the thing. Like it, you're it, so dead. they're preserving the DNA to, essentially they had to so save that you can the clone head. They him. couldn't save uh, an the body. arm. The, the body is saved somewhere. Well, then, then, then you can pick your body. Then you can pick your body, and so it's you like put this head on a random body. Yeah. Or I think it's more like I think to Randy's point, I think it's that you know the DNA and everything is alive, so then you can just like put him into a computer and a robot one day. The, the singularity, <laughs> Carrie, the singularity. Yeah. The, the body itself... I watched iRobot. I don't yeah. want that. According to a book, <laughs> the body stands upright in a nine-foot-tall cylindrical steel tank also filled with liquid nitrogen. How much do you think that costs a year? $136,000. A year? Oh, my That's God. It. It's yep. not a lot. Yep. That's not bad. That's not bad. I feel like there might be better use of your money. I don't know. That's, That's not bad. I'm thinking like maybe like a milli. Uh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, uh, the at the other end of the spectrum, Ted Williams' signature, along with John Henry and Claudius, had appeared at the bottom of a handwritten note dated more than three years after he si- uh, he died, asking to be cremated. Oh. Oh. He's going to be mad about that when he comes back. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Until he gets to pick his body out and be like, well, you know. <laughs> so, so now you know. Uh, oh, we got to get to Mike Kelly next. Mizzou and uh, <laughs> we're just talking about frozen heads here. Mike Kelly, the voice of the Tigers, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to feed the Tigers on the opening drive. This is the Morning Zoo. ESPN. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he will donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. 
every week we're getting a little bit better. And, uh, you know, again, your confidence comes from your preparation. I think the way these guys have attacked practice on Tuesdays and Wednesdays gives them a lot of confidence to execute. I think, um, you know, we go against a very good defense and and uh, we get our good on good segments in and, and it's a real battle each and every week. And I think our guys are starting to become more and more confident in, in the schemes. I think uh, Kirby's more and more confident in the, the players executing the schemes that he wants to call. And I think it's been good growth. That's Mizzou head coach Eli Drinkwitz, his team taking on LSU, the biggest game at Faroe Field in some time, Saturday morning at 11. And joining us now is the voice of the Mizzou Tigers on the Tiger Network. He works with Howard Richards every Saturday. It's our old friend Mike Kelly. Good morning, Michael. How you doing? Yeah, hold on. Wait. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, Jacksonville State came back from a huge deficit to beat Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Randy. Oh, didn't... Mike, oh, what? Oh, oh, my gosh. Where did it go? <laughs> you did not forget about that, did hold you? On. Huh? Hold on. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm having another car. Yeah. Can you believe they're one in five? I don't know if he's going to lose his job. Mike, no! Proud of you. Oh Very gosh. nice. Well done. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. And I don't even have a comeback. That's the thing. I, there's nothing I can say at this point either. You know, it's just, it's not good. Uh, Mike, we were. Uh, I got a lot of sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'm looking at this offense and, and what Kirby Moore is doing. They look more explosive. They seem to, to have a better understanding, a better grasp of what's going on. And Brady Cook has been playing extremely well. What have you seen from them uh, in comparison to last season? Wait, wait, wait. Can you say that last part one more time? What did you say about the quarterback? I said Brady Cook has been playing extremely well. What have you seen from them in comparison to like, – I'll give credit where credit is due. I, I like what he's been doing. I kind of have a long memory, as I just may have indicated. <laughs> and I remember the last time that I was on, there was – is Brady Cook really the guy? Well, that was not us. That was Coach Eli Drinkowitz that put or next to their names in the, in the book. <laughs> we didn't do that. Oh, you know what? Um, as he said, first of all, I, let's look. I sent this note to Randy earlier this week. I mean, Brady Cook last three, 74 of 101, 1,092 yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Last 19 game or last the 11 games, 19 touchdowns. 63% completion, no interceptions. So um, he, he's playing at a high level, obviously. The offensive line, I think, is is is, is getting him better. Uh, Missouri just added an analyst, a long-time, 30-year-plus um, former line coach, J.B. Grimes, who was at Auburn for many years and was at Missouri, you know, back – uh, under Warren Powers back in the early 80s. But uh, so, you know, how much of an influence is he having with Brandon Jones working with those guys? Um, you know, that remains to be seen. But I think the offensive line is getting better. I think the, the, the offense, I think overall, is starting to understand, you know, things each and every week a little bit better. I mean, the emergence, what Luther Burden is doing, the, the consistency in the run game, what Theo Weiss is doing now, um, you know, it's it, it's just it continues to evolve, and I think that the good news is, is that it gets better each week. But but there's so much more that they can improve on. I mean, like for instance, up front, the offensive line has got to cut down on the number of penalties. Um, you know, and then you know you got to be able to execute too. You know, there there are certain drive drive killing plays, and penalties are one, drop passes are another. You know, quarterback pressures, etc. Um, you know, I, I just think it's an offense that that as the season has progressed, has played better and is getting confidence. And I know that's a long-winded response to your question. I apologize for that. 
No, it, it, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. It sounds good. But you mentioned Luther Burden there, and he was able to surpass 100 yards again for in a game. And then you mentioned Theo Wies Jr., and that was you know something else that I think people were wanting to see as we get into SEC play is if there would be another receiver that really emerges. What have you thought of Theo Wies Jr.? And obviously he passed the century mark in that last one. Brooke, I think he's had more influence on the room that he's had on the football field so far. What I mean by that is that his influence, being a veteran player, having played, you know, at Oklahoma, having played with the likes like CeeDee Lamb, um, I think I think he's a guy that, that brought a wealth of experience, has taught these guys, um, you know, little tweaks and nuances, has helped them in terms of preparation with film study and things like that has developed a bond with Luther that I think is, has, and I'd be interested to hear Luther, and I haven't had a chance to talk to him about that, but I'd, I'd be interested to hear Luther talk about the influence that, that Theo's had on Luther, not on the field, but off the field. Uh, Eli on Tuesday talked about Luther and, and, you know, if you eliminate the drama offside, outside the field, then, then the drama comes down on the field. And, you know, he talked about how Luther's, you know, preparing his body the right way now and how he's not eating Skittles all the time and how he's <laughs> nutrition is important and preparation and, and he dropped weight during the off season. And I'd be interested to know from Luther how much of an influence in that area Theo has had on him because um, we had Theo on, 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 on the show Tuesday night and, and he's just a really mature kid, um, you know, very humble um, and has, has, has really kind of come in and become a leader of that group off the field, which, you know, for a guy that's in his first year, I think that's that's pretty impressive. Mike Kelly, the voice of the Tigers with us on 101 ESPN. And Michael, uh, in a game like this, it can come down very easily to what are little things that turn into big things. Both of these teams are plus one in the turnover ratio. LSU is one of the least penalized teams in the country, and that's one thing that every week as I listen to you and Howard, uh, you you talk about with Mizzou, is that they have to cut down on the penalties, and especially in a game like this, that's going to be key, isn't it? No, it's going to be huge. I mean, you know, penalties, uh, you know, Pinkle used to always call the turnover the great equalizer in, in, in college athletics, college sports, college football in particular. Um, that that's huge. I mean, the impact that the crowd can make, um, you know, a sold out crowd, 11 o'clock game. Can they actually put down their, their, their beer and get into the, uh, and get into the stadium before kickoff? Uh, I think that's a challenge for Missouri fans. Can they, can they, can they make the place as loud as they possibly can from start to finish? Uh, LSU had to take two timeouts last week at Ole Miss because they couldn't get set because of the crowd noise. Um, you know, so that's that's a way the crowd can impact it. But yeah, penalties are uh, they're just drive killers. Uh, and you know, last week it was more than seventy yards, I think, of field position. And so you got to be better in that regard. Uh, what does this this game mean for Eli Drinkwitz? It feels like it's one of the biggest games that we've seen uh, in his career up until this point. Do you feel that way for him as a as a head coach? No, I, I feel like it's a great opportunity. I feel like it's a it's it's it's, it's all right. So if if we're honest with ourselves, right? LSU is one of the historical national brands in our conference. Uh, four years removed from a national championship, um, coached by a guy who is has put together six consecutive ten win or more seasons, uh, going back to his days at Notre Dame. Um, it's a great opportunity to showcase to not only the rest of the league, but the country that, you know, 
Missouri is, is is can can play on the same stage, and I think that's I think I think that's that's the thing that comes into play. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz is going to be the head coach of Missouri for years to come, unless somebody comes in and and, and decides that they want to try to lure him somewhere else. Um, you know, his team has done what it's supposed to do through the first five games. Now, again, I, I always like to use the phrase: if we're all being honest with ourselves. Missouri had to go 5-0 and to start the season because four of the next five games are against ranked opponents. And if you don't take care of business in this league, in six weeks you could be 5-5. Five and five. That's just the way, that's the reality in which we play every single week in the Southeastern Conference. So, And you don't know what the future holds in terms of penalty or in terms of injuries to key players and things like that. So 5-5 five and five was of the utmost importance. Five and five was the thing. Five, excuse me. Five and zero oh was the utmost important. Five and zero oh was the thing that I heard from every single Missouri fan during the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, schedule came out. Oh man, we're going to be five and zero oh and hosting LSU. Okay, now you got it. You know, now you have a sold out stadium, back to back games sold out. That's great. But now you got to bring it. And then I'll, I'll be interested to see with an eleven a.m. kickoff uh, if they can, because historically, right, it it, it says that. Sometimes 11 a.m. kickoff favors the visiting team because the home fans are a little groggy, a little tired, a little slow getting to the building. And can, can Missouri fans prove everybody wrong and, and, and be there, be there early and, and, and bring the heat from the get-go? Obviously, offense always gets a lot of the credit, but what Blake Baker has been able to do with things defensively for Mizzou has been really impressive to me, especially with their front seven, with Robinson and Hopper. What have you made of everything with Baker and his progression with defense? Uh, It still can be better. Um, You know, eighth in the country right now in terms of, you know, rush yards allowed. Um, Total offense ranked 29th in the country at 317, 89 in pass offense. I think they would tell you they've got to be better on the back end. Um, you know, as, as Eli said after the uh, after the win against Memphis, the biggest issue with Missouri's pass defense is they play man to man but don't cover people. Um, you know, uh, and again, an honest assessment, mm-hmm. but um, can be better. Um, you know. Interceptions in each of the last three games have yet to force a fumble, though. Uh, so, you know that 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 maybe speaks a little bit. I think it's great that Chad Bailey's healthy now and that he's back at at, at linebacker with Tyron Hopper. Um, particularly in this game, I mean, I, you know, your defensive front in this game has to be really, really good, and you can't lose contain, and you've got to play assignment football because if Jaden Daniels senses just a little bit of an opening. I mean, he is through and into second level and into space before you can blink an eye. And, and in the open field, um, he is—he's—he's a—he's got Brad Smith tendencies running the football. And so you got to be really, really good and, and, and fundamentally sound against against LSU this weekend. Mike Kelly, you and Howard Richards and Chris Gervino and your entire crew do amazing work. We'll be tuned in on Saturday. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy it, and let's get another home win against LSU. Would be fun. Let's uh, let's do it. Uh, you know, again, great, great that the the place is sold out, and uh, you know, from the time uh, pregame warmups begin, hopefully the the crowd is enthusiastic and ready to go. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Hi, brother. See you. See you soon. Take care. That is the great Mike Kelly, the voice of the Tigers, and you can hear him on the Tiger Network on the Big Five Fifty on Saturday morning at eleven o'clock. Next up, we've got our rush hour reset on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We'll be 
Recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and the second round of the MLB playoffs is set after each of the first round series, the wild card round, were sweeps. The Rangers knocking off the Rays yesterday, 7-1. to Adolis Garcia hitting the home run that put the Rangers ahead for good. They never gave up the lead. Nathan Eovaldi was terrific. Rangers win at 7-1 and they eliminate the Rays. It was the Twins and Sonny Gray and the, the bullpen over the Blue Jays by a score of two to nothing. The Blue Jays taking out their pitcher Jose Barrios after three really solid innings, and they wind up losing two nil. And so the Twins advance. The Diamondbacks over the Brewers five two. So the D-backs eliminate the National League Central champs. And last night the Phillies over the Marlins by a score of seven to one. Future Cardinal Aaron Nola was outstanding <laughs> for the Philadelphia Phillies. Seven innings, no runs, three hits. He struck out three and walked only one. Yeah, I just tried my best to follow wheels up. He set the tone in game one. Obviously, he dealt as usual, and uh, it's a big win for us. But just tried to stay within myself tonight and make my pitches uh, all night, and I try to do anything crazy. Um, just try to stay consistent throughout the night and fill up the zone as best as possible and try to keep those guys on the ground. I mean, I'm pretty familiar with them, and they're pretty familiar with me. Just an estimate, how much extra money do you think that he added to his offseason with that performance last night? I would say a minimum of $500,000 over seven years. 500000 a year over seven years. To so, add to? Yeah, yeah so $3.5 million? So we're looking at... 33 million a year now 32 to 33 I would say that he's going to be in that area yep you think that so I think whatever I think the Phillies are going to match whatever is uh is their owner likes there. to spend what he calls stupid money there you go <laughs> and match or go above and mm-hmm. beyond if need be to keep those yeah. two Wheeler and Nola together so if you're the St. Louis Cardinals you you are going to 28 million a year is <laughs> it's going to be a starting point if that's what you come in with. It'll be far and away your highest paid starting pitcher ever. And and so, therefore, if you're the St. Louis Cardinals, you're going to have to spend some money. Yeah. And you're going to have to match or, or, you know, go above and beyond what the Philadelphia Phillies may be willing to spend. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's a lot of money, but I, I agree with what Greg and with, with what you guys have been saying. I mean, he's a workhorse. That's what you want, and that's what you feel like you need for the Cardinals going into the next season for the starting rotation. Now, I know that there's reports, and Derek Gould was reporting this, that the Cardinals are looking at Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola. What do you think the percentage is of them getting both of them? Or is Zero. it just going to be Zero. one of the other? Zero. One of the other. Zero percent. I think it's probably a... 30% chance that they get one or the other. Yeah, I would and think so, And that might too. be high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just don't – that's the frustrating part for me because I, I have a – you have a track record of what we've known to spend or been willing to spend. Mm-hmm. You know what the need is, but you also 
it, th- there's this notion that that I think sometimes St. Louis fan, Cardinal fans believe we can just trade anybody and the other team will, will yeah. trade their mm-hmm. best player. No, that's not how it works. Darn it. It doesn't, it doesn't work that because you're the St. Louis Cardinals and you're the best fans in baseball, you can just throw a contract out there and they're going to jump at it. it. It does not work because there are going to be other teams vying for that person's talent as right. well. So it's a competitive market. You have to go above the number that another team put on the table. So yeah. here's, Go ahead, Brooke. No, I was I was going to agree exactly like that. And there's not much pitching inventory out no. there. I mean, it's, it's depleted with Shohei Otani and then the whole Urias situation. You don't know how that's going to play out, but I think obviously he's not going to be coming back. So that's just going to continue to drive up that market. Right. If you're Sonny Gray and you're Aaron Nola, you have to be just beaming with excitement because you know how much money you're about to get. Here's the way the Division Series starts off on Saturday. Texas at Baltimore is a noon game on Saturday. Here's St. Louis time. Minnesota at Houston play at 345. Philly at Atlanta at 507. And then Arizona at the Dodgers at 820. St. Louis time on Saturday. That's the Division Series. Uh, St. Louis City SC lost last night to Van Blanking Coover 3-0. So Van Blanking Coover with a Van Blanking shutout or clean sheet as they call it. It's okay. We're still the number yeah, one right. seed. We're fine. But we're Orlando leaders. City moved above STL Orlando. for the second overall league total with 57 points. So St. Louis City is going to need a couple of teams to fall by the wayside to have the home field, home pitch, sorry, for the championship game, the MLS Cup championship. Yes. And that's what you want because we've seen that they mm-hmm. perform pretty well at home. By the way, I did, I did a little di- dive into uh, South African soccer because I was very confused. We mm-hmm. got some text messages after Bradley's appearance. Apparently, they use a lot of American terms. They don't use a lot of the Euro terms in South Africa. Nice! And so that's, I think that explains why Bradley Carnell is more apt to say field, zero. Oh, okay. I, there are a couple things they, they do call it training I did find out I saw like a post from one of their teams that talked about their training so there are some things it's kind of like a mishmash I thought South Africa would be very Euro kind of culture wise even with their soccer yeah. but no they, it, it, apparently when you translate it their league uh, calls the you know calls itself a soccer league not a football league Taylor there's a bunch standings. of I think it's still a table. Okay. Um, and so, and so I, like we, I finally figured out why Bradley's maybe a little bit more Americanized than we expe- okay. expected. He's South Africanized. I don't, which I don't makes know sense. if he said Americanized and South <laughs> Africanized. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just the way that they say it. Well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Blues hockey tonight. They're at Dallas to take on the Stars. Who else are they going to take on in Dallas? Uh, that is a 6 o'clock pregame here on 101 <laughs> ESPN. You also have <laughs> on Amazon Prime 720. Make Ooh. it an appointment. Yep. I can't wait for this one. You've got the Chicago got? Bears and the Washington Commanders, uh, formerly the Washington football team. Uh, yeah. Sam well, Howell. Eric enemy is going to have those guys playing offense well, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. So, and Luke Getzey will have those guys playing offense. Uh, Alan Williams will have his guys playing. He's not there Oh, anymore. he's not there. He, he stepped away. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to come back? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so you have that Eberflus. tonight. That, that's your holy smoke. That's your <laughs> Thursday game. night game. Would on, you be uh, able to pick Eberflus um, out of a lineup if they gave you three chances? Yeah, I can. I can. You can because I covered Mizzou. You know when oh, he was okay. there. So you think mm-hmm. the casual? You think the casual no. Bear fan would be able to? Unfortunately for them, yes. <laughs> but unfortunately they, for them, yes. they would rather. Ha- uh, is uh, Mike Ditka? He's still with us, right? They, they would rather have him coaching, I'm I don't sure. Know. Mike Dick had traded an entire draft for Ricky Williams they, and the went Bears home. fans would still rather have Mike And then he went Mike home. Dick. I know. I know. He checked he out. Wearing a Hawaiian 
Thin shirt. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are they doing? Hey, you can uh, check us out, by the way. <laughs> check us out on uh, the YouTube. All you need to do is go to YouTube.com and type in 101 ESPN STL. You can watch us on YouTube every day, every show. And we're brought to you on YouTube by Air Alliance Team. So check us out and uh, watch us and subscribe to the 101 ESPN page on YouTube. And we are there now. Yeah, we got kicked off for a while, but we're back, baby. We are we're back. back. Yeah, we're we're not we're not trying to be anybody else. We're not imposters, Being as they tried sales. to state. Best uh, version of ourselves every day. Yes, yep. exactly. we are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. That's a good thing. There's your Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic, is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Well, let me tell you what I think about some of the athletics rankings, Brooke. Um, I don't think – here's what the athletic – they do a fantastic job. And our guy, JR, Jeremy Rutherford, we know he does amazing work over at the athletic. When they do these ranking polls, it never seems to be accurate, in my opinion. And not just because they're Blues players that don't get ranked the right way or they don't like the Blues team overall. Is they just they select a, num- a bunch of numbers and they plug them in and that's just the equation. It's like okay, well this is the numbers here and we'll just that's where they rank. <laughs> that is our colleague, our partner, our friend Jamie Rivers, now the analyst for Blues Hockey on Valley Sports, and joining us now from the aforementioned Athletic is Jeremy Rutherford, who. Jamie said, does fantastic work at The Athletic and as our Blues Insider. Good morning, JR. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning. And I was listening to the interview with Riv yesterday, and I was glad that he qualified uh, that statement there. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you rank the Blues center duo? Are they, Do you think they're below average? You know, it's funny because uh, we do have a group of writers, three or four of them, that, that write those types of pieces uh, nationally and the, and they compare all the teams and rank them. And, you know, I'm interested to find out where they have the blues a lot of times. So I'll click on the article and sometimes I keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And so, <laughs> when I got down to 26 yesterday with uh, Robert Thomas and Braden Shen being the two centers, I felt honestly, and Harmon's a friend of mine, if he were here, I'd tell him the same thing. I felt like they should be uh, a little bit higher. Like, they're not top 10 when you start talking about some of these teams, but I think uh, they're probably in the middle of the pack. Well, Jeremy, I mean, it, it does seem that way that sometimes, and you do fantastic work, and I love The Athletic because articles like this always get me kind of riled up because then I go to The Athletic today, and then this is one of the articles that I see that just came out. It says, finding hope for the NHL's top most hopeless teams and the blues are one of the teams that they have listed there they're predicting just 80 points and an eight percent chance of the blues making the playoffs this season brooke there's another article it's so funny because i see that headline today and we as the writers in the city like i don't have any idea that that article's coming it's somebody else that's working on it and uh, so i see the headline and i see most desperate teams and i start to scroll down and i'm like please don't have the blues on this because i'm gonna hear about it uh, from the fans here but uh, obviously you know being towards the bottom last year not making the playoffs they were definitely among the the top 10 and 
You know, the projection last year for the Blues with uh, your friend Dom's model was uh, 92 <laughs> points, and, and they finished, of course, with uh, 81. And so this year Dom had them at about 80 points. So they fit in that bottom 10. Look, I mean, we can all be truthful with ourselves here, as Mike Kelly just said a few minutes ago, is, is if you're bo- be, being honest, then you, you have to understand that this is a team that has a lot to prove. And there's a lot of question marks that, even though we've seen a bit of preseason here, we still need to see once the regular season starts. Would Dom have taken Barrios out after three innings? <laughs> I, I, I think he might have tweeted. Who, there were a lot of Canadian hockey uh, writers that I follow on Twitter that were tweeting, this is absolutely insane. And it is. What do you not learn from the Snell situation a couple years ago? It's amazing That's, that people didn't learn from that. It's a great, it's a, a very great question that we were all wondering this morning. But just a follow up to that, they do say in the article that kind of a caveat with the Blues' success this season has a lot to do with Jordan uh, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas taking big step forwards, a big leap forward this season. I think everybody feels that way, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the bottom line is that uh, those two are going to have to. They are basically. I don't want to say the team up front because you have Pavel Buchnevich who could be your MVP, but when you put so many uh, eggs in one basket with the salaries that Kyrou and uh, Thomas are going to make this year in the next eight years uh, you know, in total, uh, they have to be those guys. They have to be. You can't have a regression. Um, and, in fact, you have to have these guys producing more than they have in the past, which says a lot when you talk about a Jordan Kyrou who scored 37 goals. That's why Robert Thomas has said multiple times this preseason – He's a guy that's going to score 50. I mean, those are the expectations for these guys. And you can talk about size on the third and fourth line like we did a couple weeks ago in the article. You can talk about the defense bouncing back. You can say it's not Jordan Bennington's fault last year. Whatever you want to say, if those two guys don't produce, the Blues can't make the playoffs. All right, JR. So the Blues finished sixth in the Central Division last year. What is going to make them different this season? Well, I think it's something that uh, Riv said yesterday. I think it's the, the emphasis on the defense and playing together. If this team is going to make the playoffs, it's number one is the defense has to play better. And I think that what we've seen in the preseason is that this group is kind of buckling down. And it's a long season, 82 games, and we're not even to game one yet. So they've shown nothing yet. But what we have seen in practice is uh, kind of clogging up that front of the, the net area and, and the forwards kind of getting back and helping and creating layers to get through. The two or three players, defensemen that I talked to the other day for the article that I wrote, The Athletic, uh, that's what they said. Hey, look, if they're going to get through, they're going to have to get through layers. And I think uh, that was the emphasis this off season. They bring in Mike Weber, the assistant coach. They're implementing it now. And I don't think it's anything that should take a ton of time to figure out. This isn't something that – Two months into the season, we should say, hey, they're still trying to figure out the system. It's pretty basic. They're tweaking things. But I think that uh, the sooner we can see that, obviously, the better. So as we watch that system unfold, what what will we see? What what can we look for and recognize that the Blues are doing differently than what they did last year? Well, number one is going to be those bodies in that slot area. And if everybody remembers back to last year, there weren't any bodies in the slot area except for the opponent. Like, I've never seen anything like it. 19 years of covering the Blues, and I've never seen so many forwards from the other team wide open in the slot, passes going through the crease, no sticks on them, nothing. And so I think, number one, is there's going to be bodies uh, in that spot. And, Randy, if if it works and if they're successful – then you're going to see a lot of opponents moving the puck around the outside trying to crack it. And then it's going to be up to the Blues to stay disciplined, not get out there and chase them, and not make it easy 
to get into that slot area. And it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be, you know, wide open shots, high danger shots. We're going to see all that stuff this year. But I think if the Blues are doing what they're implementing, there's going to be less of that this year. Jared, what do you think is left to see from the preseason with the Blues? Well, you got two games left. You're uh, Dallas, what's that, uh, tonight? And then you got uh, Chicago on Saturday. You know, I, I, what I'm looking to see is who's going to be this third defensive pair. And you look at the top four, we know what that is. It's going to be Luddy and Pareko. It's going to be Krug and Falk. What they've been running in practice the past couple days is Tyler Tucker and Marco Scandella in one pair. And then you have Perinovich and Bortuzzo in another pair. And could they mix those up and, and pick two guys and put them as the third pair? Yeah, they could. But they've been running a lot of the same pairs, so you'd expect that one of those pairs is going to be that that third pair. Who's it going to be? Uh, Scott Perinovich, as good as he's played in a lot of these preseason games, is not running one of the power play units right now. It's Tory Krug on that top unit and Justin Falk running the point on the second unit. Is that a sign that Perinovich isn't going to be on the ice opening night? It could be. And since he's been skating with Bortuzzo, you know, maybe those two are the odd guys out. So we'll see in practice today, get another look at it, see who's running that third pair. But I think that's one thing that we're look, looking at heading into uh, game one. Jared, I think the, the penalty kill unit left a lot to be desired last year. What have you seen from them uh, this preseason? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been okay. You know, uh, Mike Weber, the new assistant coach, he comes in not only as the defensive uh, specialist, the defensive coach, but he's also the PK coach, uh, Mike Van Ryan, who left after the season, had those duties last year. And it was as bad as it gets last year, Kerry. It really was. And, you know, started off good first couple games. I don't think they gave up a shot on net. Uh, on the PK. So this year, um, you know, I think they're going to still be a little aggressive, but at the same time, they got to be responsible. I haven't seen a ton of it. I haven't been at the road preseason games, so full disclosure there. Uh, but we'll get a look at it here at home on Saturday against Chicago again and, and try to see if that's coming along. But um, there again, but, you know, I, I kind of throw that in the defensive category. Defense has to be better, your penalty kill has to be better. And uh, Mike Weber was brought in to do that too. JR, you always do great work. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Tell uh, the uh, tell Dom we said hi. Yeah, for sure I will. And and hey, uh, I took you to a uh, tiebreaker in the fight today. I can't believe you guys didn't recognize recognize my voice. Uh, I oh, gave yeah. my name. To <laughs> you. Yeah. you yelling. So and then how'd you do on the tiebreaker? Did you go with one forty eight or one forty five? I lost you. No, no, I was actually on the line with you. I gave my name here. No, I'm here. Wait, one more thing, Jr. Yep, uh, yep. You, you, I don't know if you realize this. I'm sure you've heard this morning. Did you see who St. Louis City SC lost to last night? Uh, yeah, that was uh, Van, right? Yeah. What do you call him? Yeah, you know. <laughs> it, give us a southern accent. <laughs> Vancouver. Van Blankencouver. Van Blankencouver. When you kept saying that earlier, I was thinking of Van Imp. I always talk about uh, Red Barrington scoring those six goals and, mm-hmm. and the Blues from that time you used to say that uh, Dan Kelly would say, and Red Barrington, he's by Van Imp. He shoots and scores again. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> have, have a great day and a great weekend, sir. We appreciate it. You too. See you guys. Thanks, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic. Coming up, there's a major league general manager who's happy to say, hey, we just want to make the playoffs. We just want to have a 540 winning percentage, and we just want to make the playoffs, and we'll see how it goes from there. And as you might guess, the fans aren't happy. It's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
The Seattle Mariners, after last year breaking the longest playoff drought in baseball, returned to missing the playoffs this year. And on the heels of that, Jerry DePoto, their general manager, said, quote, we're actually doing the fan base a favor by asking for their patience to win the World Series while we continue to build a sustainably good roster. Uh, fans have been patient there, as you know. And so here's what Jerry DePoto went on to reveal. His 10-year plan consists of building a team good enough to win 54% of its games. He said, quote, if you go back and look at in the decade, those teams that win 54% of the time always wind up in the postseason, and they more often than not wind up in the World Series. So there's your bigger picture process. Nobody wants to hear the goal this year is we're going to win 54% of the time because sometimes 54% is one year you're going to win 60%, another year you're going to win 50%. It's whatever it is. But over time, that type of mindset gets you there. If you're doing if what you're doing is focusing year to year on what do we have to do to win a World Series this year, you might be one of the teams that's laying in the mud and can't get up for another decade. Well, they talked about that on Seattle Sports Radio with Brock and Salk. And as you might guess, Seattle fans weren't too thrilled. Let's go to Mark in Maple Valley. Hey, uh, this isn't going to be popular, but I'm going to speak the truth. The problem with the Mariners <laughs> is the fans, and here's why. John Stanton dangles fireworks and bobbleheads in front of their faces and runs the team like it's the Oakland Athletics instead of one of the most profitable teams in Major League Baseball and tells you to your face they're going to challenge for a World Series and throws out a lineup that has Caballero, Sam Haggerty, Dylan Moore, and Mike Ford at the bottom of the order, a bunch of scrap heap guys, and tells you that we're challenging for a World Series. And yet we come out in droves because we get to go with our families on a sunny day and watch fireworks and bobbleheads and draw over 3 million people a year. And this guy's sitting there with a cigar thinking we're the biggest idiots in the world. If we were in Philly or New York, this wouldn't even be acceptable. But we do it every year. And then we go, oh, we got to love these guys because they almost made it to the playoffs. Are you out of your mind? It's unacceptable. But yet 3 million people come in summer here. It's a joke. And until someone holds this guy accountable, until Jerry DePoto to take his analytic nerd and get the hell out of Seattle and get a guy who can hit 40 bombs that plays first base or right field or left field, maybe we'll make the playoffs. Thank you. <laughs> yes. That is a man that is frustrated. He wants his team to win, and he doesn't want to be lied to anymore. He's sick of it. He's sick of it. He doesn't want to hear the excuses. He don't want no damn bobbleheads. He don't care about your, 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 your none of that. Show me with what you put on the field. And that's all yes. you ask for. You 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 want to win championships, you got to put championship lineups. So he started running those names off. I started thinking of a lot of guys that were here this summer that we like, oh, hey, hey, that's not mm-hmm. championship level base. And, and, and here's the thing. It's no knock against those guys. Those guys know that they are not Hall of Fame caliber players. They are not superstar caliber players. I wasn't. It's a level to every Every sport, there are the guys that are going to be enshrined, inducted one day. There are the guys that are going to make a couple of all-star games, three, four, and be on the the brink of potentially being all-stars. There are going to be guys that work their butt off and never make an all-star game, but play eight, nine, ten years. And then there are going to be guys that are scratching and clawing, trying to stay on the teams, trying to stay in the lineup every single year. And and their role is just as vital as the other guys. But to make a... To, to assume or make an assumption that they're as important as those all-stars in that 
day to day, no, because you need you you need superstars to win championships, and you have to build a lineup, a team around those guys where everyone complements one another. And until you do that, you will not win. Brooke Grimsley, as a Cardinal fan, do you feel like they're doing you a favor by having you be patient before they oh. win another World Series? If I hear patience. At any point next season or this offseason, I think that I might lose my mind. And I think that a lot of people probably feel that way. I just think that what that fan said, that Seattle fan said, was you know right on the money, essentially, of how a lot of fans feel. In baseball, I think Cardinals fans can relate to it. Because here's the thing. Is DePoto being honest? Yes. Is it tone deaf? Yes. What he said was tone deaf. I get what he's saying about sustainability, and people do appreciate that, but that's boring. What do the fans want to see? They want a championship. They want to see that not only, of course, you have to be smart and make moves for the long run, but also what are you doing for the right now to capitalize on making sure that you are putting together the best roster, the your team in the best position moving forward to win a championship. People don't want to, you know, wait around no. for that, and they don't want to hear that. And the only way you ever do your fan base a favor is by winning, and you never tell them you're doing them a favor. They're doing you a favor by showing up. You never say, like Jerry DePoto did, we're actually doing the fan base a favor. We can stop right there. You never say that to your fan base, that we're actually doing you a favor. And then to add, to rub salt into the wound, by asking for their patience to win the World Series while we continue to build a sustainably good roster. They've never won a World Series. They've been around since 1977. You don't win awards never, for never sustainability. Won a World Series. No, yeah. you don't. They've never been in a World Series. Yeah, I, I, I am. I mean, I, that that caller went on a rant, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And the best part of it was... And until someone holds this guy accountable, until Jerry DePoto to take his analytic nerd and get the hell out of Seattle and get a guy who can hit 40 bombs that plays first base or right field or left field, maybe we'll make the playoff. <laughs> take your analytic nerd and get out of town. Well, <laughs> I would suggest to this gentleman... That uh, we had, we, we went out to, and got a lunch. couple of guys to hit forty bombs and finish first and third in the MVP votings, and it, and it didn't do us any uh, good either. It's just the analytic no. nerd. Get the hell out of town. Yeah. No, it, it just doesn't make any sense, and it's not. It, we're talking about you know the stats, nerds, and things like that, but also how many times have we just talked about too having somebody there that maybe a media coach or a human coach that says, "Hey, this probably isn't going to land yeah. well." This sentence specifically. <laughs> Yeah. is not going to land well with the fan base. It's not going to go over well. This is not how humans talk to each other. Yeah, let me give you one other point here. And that is, he says, oh, this would never go over in Philadelphia. After Philadelphia was in the playoffs in 2011 against the Cardinals, they finished in third place, 17 games out, fourth, 23 games out, fifth, 23 games out, fifth, 27 games out, fourth, 24 games out, fifth, 31 games out, third, 10 games out, fourth, 16 games out, before they started turning things around. It wasn't acceptable, but was anybody really held accountable by the media or the fans? No. You never I, well, you never heard anybody uh, that, that, uh, got, that had to face a firing squad. It didn't happen. What happens is owners get frustrated or owners show up like John Middleton did. And said, okay, we're going to change the culture here. I'm going to get a guy that only spends money, and Dave Dombrowski, and I don't care how much he spends. And that is the way that they decided to go about building their franchise. Some franchises in bigger markets can do that. Other franchises can try it, like the Padres, but then they got to cut $50 million in payroll after this season because 
it's not sustainable in a market of San Diego or St. Louis's size to have a $300 million payroll. No. And here's the thing. You could also look at it as you appreciate DePoto kind of peeling back the curtain and showing you exactly what they're thinking. But if that is what you're thinking, then I don't think you're really in touch with what the fans no. want. No. You, Whatsoever. No. So you just don't say it, right? You say, yeah. hey, hey, we're in this to try to win a World Series, regardless of whether you are or not. Even if your goal is to win 54% of your games every year, your, your comment is, we're in this to win the World Series. But if, I mean, you're not. If you're not, it's evident. Like Everybody it's not, is. Your players are. The, well, management is not always. Management, I told you, management has plans on tanking some years, and they forget to tell the players. The Arizona Cardinals <laughs> have not been told that we're tanking for Caleb Williams because they're playing so hard every single day. Yeah, but uh, with this particular situation, Seattle, they were in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And they went out and they, made, the they made some win. Since 2001. So, but, so, and it was a good team this year. They finished a game out of the playoffs. They had some injuries. Robbie Ray be getting hurt, losing him for the season. If they have Robbie Ray, they probably are in the playoffs. But you you can't say we only no, want to win fifty four percent of the time. You cannot, especially for a team, a franchise that hasn't been been to the playoffs once in twenty plus years. Yeah. You have to, and then you miss it the following year. You gotta you gotta show your fans. As he said, you got three million people showing up every every year. You need to show them that you care about them as much as they care about you all by putting a product mm. out there and trying oh. to win games. Mm. Ah, yeah, Interesting. Nah. We're talking ah. about Seattle here. Oh, we're, 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 you, three million fans showing up, and and you know, make sure you got guys trotting out there every every day that you know who they are. That might matter. Doing. I no. think it helps. Yeah. I think it helps. I think it helps. Do you think know. that there was points this season where Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt looked around and they're like, who is this mm-hmm. that we're playing with defensively? I having <laughs> no idea that they were playing with Hannes Wagner and Willie Mays. Oh, there you go. Excuse me. See? Yes. And Toe Mater. Learn these things oh, yeah. he was around. in the process. Great hair. I, I just, for the Cardinals, to, to spin it to the Cardinals side of things, I would prefer that they put a product out there Every single game that has the potential to win games, starting we got to start in the pitchers, starting with the starting mm-hmm. pitching. Yep. Make sure that those guys are well prepared and go out there and do their job. Get guys that are competitive. I think you got two very competitive guys at the corner infield spots. I think you got one at shortstop. You got to have guys have to be. You have to have a a a desire and a one. Not saying that all of them don't, but it's evident when someone does. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, you can clearly tell. Yep. Coming up next, we've got rock and roll as we head down the stretch of this edition of The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Rock and roll here on The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Matthew, what do you got for us? Well, uh, it was a bad loss last night for St. Louis City SC losing to... Who'd they lose to? Wait, actually. Van. Oh. We'll find it. <laughs> St. Louis City lost 3-0-2. Van Blankenkoover. There there is. Who is that? Is there that, is. Is that JR? Van Blankenkoover. I hope he's still listening and he's wondering that as well. Who said that? Why, why didn't he do that earlier? Because <laughs> we were trying to get him to do it. Was he afraid for us to hear his it might have been. Might have been. Now yeah. we know. 
Uh-oh. Anyhow, they have revealed that uh, playoff tickets are out. Obviously, you have the first three rounds. You know, you're guaranteed at least two. Ga- you know, you're guaranteed at least two games at City Park. Potentially guaranteed. You know, potentially looking at four, maybe even that magical fifth one as well. And then the parade. And then the parade. But here's the thing: ninety-four percent of season ticket holders have taken the option to buy tickets for the playoffs. Only ninety-four. Oh so what the heck's going on with the six percent? That's weird. <laughs> If you're a season ticket holder for City, how are you not opting for tickets for the playoffs? Maybe in November you go to Florida or something? Is that it? Is it Snowbirds? But you still, you you offer them to family members or friends. right? How much do the tickets cost? I want to know. Can you tell me that? I'm not 100% sure on that. It doesn't matter. They're going to be more, obviously. for, For those that are invested and have been invested all season long, even if it's $1,000 a ticket, you find a way. No, if only there was somebody in this room that we knew that had season tickets or access to season tickets. Hmm. Huh. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I don't have season tickets. You know somebody that has access. season tickets. No, I don't. You have access to it. I, you guys. Share. No. Share. You guys are share. Share. What are you share. talking share. about? Share. Sharing is caring, Rock. I don't know why you're looking at me he like I have the connection us. here. Just say you don't love us. It's okay. We've seen the pictures. Just say you don't care. We've seen the pictures. We've seen the green oh, seats. We've seen the pictures. What do you mean? Like you're basically on the field. You're for both of them. You're like right there in the action. Surprised mm. you don't have dugout seats. It's unbelievable. But also, St. Louis City SC, it's a, it's a movable uh, date for the playoff game because it's it's across a week where they play other playoff games. But right go, now, St. Louis City SC has said that they're expecting that their playoff game to their first one to be between October 29th and November 1st. So not that big of a window to, no. to, to have to hit there. So okay. we're going to be playing playoff soccer here in St. Louis. I'm very excited for it. And uh, speaking of, I, I want to jump back to our previous topic. We were talking about Jerry Depoto and... And uh, our hatred for all things mm-hmm. math on this show. Uh, this has been a very anti-math By the way, is one today. of the few major league general managers that's a former player. The irony of it all. Um, <laughs> and, and I thought it was interesting. This popped up on uh, when I was looking for reactions to the DePoto firing. And one of them was former NFL head coach Mike Holmgren, who does a lot of radio up in Seattle, was asked about this situation. Here was Coach Holmgren's reaction to Jerry DePoto. Everyone I've listened to today is fired up, and justifiably so. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that someone who has as much experience as he has, this, that's why I had Gary Wright. If I'm going into a big press conference or something, yeah. you talk about it beforehand so you don't go in there and say something silly. And, and, and you know what? Everyone was disappointed. They were disappointed. He right. was disappointed. That's okay to tell say. You can go in and say, listen, I heard as much as you do. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of saying, oh, no, this is we're on the right track and, and this is the way it should be and all that kind of stuff. I like I like Coach Holmgren's answer, but mainly because I think, and we've talked about this before off the air, coaches and executives are getting really bad at talking to the media yes. and they very much need to do exactly what Holmgren's saying. Have the guy who you powwow with beforehand. Alright, what are we expecting? What are we? What are they already saying You know, in, in the media out there? What, what, what should we be expecting? How do we want to answer it? How do we want to frame it? Clearly we've seen across a lot of coaches lately with the way they talk to the media, that conversation is not happening for a lot of these coaches and it or, needs to. Or, or, here's, or a, here's, a, here's a thought. Just be a decent human being. Yeah. Don't There's say dumb thing. I, like, who's not being a decent human being in this situation? 
the the comment fifty. We just plan to win fifty four percent. That's not. There's nothing. There's nothing there like is immoral about his answer. No, it's, it's just it's it tone is deaf. Because it, there you go. It's tone deaf. It is very tone deaf. It is not knowing. Rock, you spend how much money to go to a game? If you go to it's a game, expensive. it's expensive. That caller said we take our families to the game. Mm-hmm. That is tone deaf to say, yeah, we want we. Half the time you come, maybe we win, maybe we don't. We're okay with that. We're okay with not winning every game that you come to and you spend your hard-earned money to. This might be a game where we only plan to win the 46%, so sorry about it. That's disrespectful to people that are paying their money to show up to watch the game, in my opinion. One of the best PR people in America is a guy named Tony Wiley. He was with the Rams here. He was was with the Titans when they were in the Super Bowl against the Rams. He was the first PR director of... The Houston Texans actually tried to get him to the league, sent him into Washington. Even Tony couldn't save Dan Snyder. But one of the things that he told us is that after the devastating loss that the Titans had suffered in Super Bowl 34, he goes in and there's McNair and George and uh, Mason. And he says, look, guys, here's what you're going to be asked. Here's what you have to say. And he, he sent them out, and they were all in tears. He said, just get through this. It'll only be a few minutes, but it's going to be very simple for you. And they went out. The questions that were expected were asked. The ask, answers that were given were given, and everything was fine, even though they, they were beside themselves, obviously. It, like when Grant Wistrom told me after Super Bowl thirty six. Season's a whole waste. He went 14-2 and two and went to the Super Bowl. But his first thing is, season's a waste. Well, if you have... And by the way, the Rams did have a good PR staff at that point, but Grant was his own man and felt that that was the case. But if you have a quality PR person, and CD, you've been around good ones and bad ones in pro football, and we see it in baseball all the time, the good ones will provide their people, and it's their people, managers, coaches, uh, players, with the right answers. And then you have some players and coaches that go rogue and say whatever mm-hmm. they want to say. Yeah, you do. And so you and have to deal with that. Sometimes it's, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. That yeah. didn't come from a PR person, no, but it was brilliant. It was. And that's the thing, media training. Mm-hmm. And there's a benefit. I know certain people, and I, or a lot of people now, feel a certain way about media. But here's the thing, is that you can control your own narrative in those discussions. If you're DePoto, you could have controlled that narrative a little bit better. Easily. And this is why I think when we talk about analytics and stats, even in the game, you know, we have our feelings about it. But also, I feel like it also leads to this kind of stuff where it feels like you're kind of detached to human emotions in a lot of ways, even when trying to relay what you're thinking to the public. And that doesn't land and, well with people. And, and Brooke, you, you use the term tone deaf. How easy would it have been for him to say, hey, we made the playoffs last year. We planned on making them this year. We're as disappointed as anybody, and we're, we're going to get back next year. Exactly. Or we're going to do our best to get back next yes. year. That's all you have to say. Don't give and us I'm, a percentage. I'm yeah. so glad that instead of, instead of that kind of coach speak, he actually said something honest. Yeah, well, People he hated, segment, but I, he? I, I love that he said it. By the way, he uh, does a show on Brock and mm-hmm. Salk at um, 8.30 Pacific time today. So 10:30. around 10.30 today, maybe we'll see some audio. I have a feeling we might even play some tomorrow because I, I'm yeah. really interested to see, does he go straight up still honest or does he pivot to the hey Willis we're as disappointed as you are great job by our producer and audio engineer the one the only Matthew Rocchio pleasure uh, Brooke was this fun this was fun how yes. about that how about that how about that CD your face we want to see your face who said that you want to see my face hey we just want to 
get into the postseason, and hopefully we'll get hot and make everybody happy. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us. Until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great Friday Eve, everyone. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.